Oh, hello, and welcome to the Lost Archives. My name's Owen. I'm the dungeon master of our brand new campaign, Return of the Giants. Woohoo! We're wow. back! Have you missed us? We were gone for only a few weeks, and not even like gone, like just just the main campaign was gone for a few weeks. We still had Avatar Legends and Curse of Strad running, but with Tyranny of Dragons gone, and the lovely players here bereft and without D&D in their lives to give it purpose, we had to come back as quickly as possible, and we have returned with our brand new campaign. Now, I'm going to let the players introduce themselves for the very first time. For those of you who are joining us for the very first time, welcome. Thank you so much for uh, for coming and checking out our, our homebrew campaign. Um, I'm going to do my best to, whenever we reference uh, situations or, or characters from the previous campaign, Tyranny of Dragons, I'm going to do my best to give a bit of a background so that you don't need to have watched Tyranny of Dragons. Um, I'll do my best. There is also a wiki. Otherwise, feel free to go and check out uh, the Tyranny of Dragons campaign because this is taking place only a few weeks after the end of our previous campaign. So, players, I'm going to get you to introduce yourselves, starting with, uh, starting with, let's go, let's go left to right. So, on your screens, are you guys all in the same position? I guess we'll find out. The leftmost person, introduce yourself. Daddy? It is you, Ali. It is you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ellie. Um, I was previously playing Shanara, but now uh, you'll soon find out. I have no idea what else to say. <laughs> no, that's perfect. That's absolutely fine. Um, no, I think I think on the Twitch I'm the one next actually. So yep. hey everyone, my name's Jared. Um, I'm here today to play some D and D with these good folks and get into some shenanigans. And um, yeah, excited to show you some of our characters. Oh yeah. And I passed it over to Matt. Oh yeah. Thank you, Jared. Um, my name is Matt. Uh, also very excited to get stuck into some new D and D with these lovely people. Um, very full, much forward to it um, and looking forward to seeing where this session zero goes very excited to see what takes place uh, and now I pass it off to Michael that's me whoa hi I'm Michael um, very keen to, uh, to finally get rid of the um, the withdrawals I was having for not playing in D&D um, did you get yeah. to the shakes or like how far did it I, I get the shakes and, and I'll just like slip into random characters. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like, you're like there going like, what do I want for breakfast? You reach in, grab out a pocket dice and just roll it really yeah. quickly. I mean, <laughs> yeah. pastry. <laughs> yeah. That's a natural one. Looks like I'm eating dirt. Sorry, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> and last, but certainly not least. Claire. Hello, I'm Claire. Um, I had to deal with Michael's withdrawals. <laughs> Um, for the last couple of weeks, so no. yeah, glad to be here. <laughs> glad to see all these lovely faces again, which I very much missed. We, we are very, very, very excited to be it's back, fun. and we've yeah, we've certainly missed, um, certainly missed our D and D sessions. It's very, very good to be back. Now, as as the uh, as the lovely cast have mentioned, this is going to be a session zero. Um, the way we kind of run session zeros, for those of you who are familiar with it. Um, we're actually going to run it as a narrative experience, not just sitting there planning out characters, which is what a session zero um, sort of traditionally is. It's more of a time when you roll up your stats, figure out what character you're going to play, and then as a group come together, and then the DM will normally go through the rules and introduce the campaign settings. So we're still going to do all of that to an extent, but actually the way we're going to explore a lot of these things is through a narrative lens. Um, we trialed this for Curse of Strahd. It worked really well, and it basically 
ended up being this entire improvised session of backstory, which we then improvised like in the moment, which was awesome. So um, given how much fun that was, I thought, let's do this again. Um, there are some extra things that I've added to the session zero that you're going to get to see as well tonight. Um, now, obviously, for those of you uh, who, obviously, for our players, they know exactly what is going to be uh, occurring in this uh, campaign because at the end of the last campaign, set it up pretty. No, you've got no idea what might be taking place. I can see them shaking their heads, looking confused. I. <laughs> <laughs> well, we definitely, um, we definitely didn't call it something on the nose, like I don't know, Return of the Giants. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh. yeah, oh, yeah. I thought it was going to be Varus. Refer Return of Varus. The rise of Varus. Rise of Varus, or, or in the shadow of Varus. Oh, oh that's really cool. In oh, the shadows with Varus. Yeah, I think we've got our one-shot, our special Halloween one-shot ready to go. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, that's, that's, an, that's a while away now. Um, so yeah, this campaign is going to be taking place right after the events of our Tyranny of Dragon campaign. I've got a little quick intro that I'm going to go through first, just to introduce the campaign setting and get us all set up narratively for the uh, for the experience. But tonight's session is not going to be a traditional style um, session zero, as I said before. We're going to be playing around with things and doing it more of a narrative uh, narrative lens to do a session zero. So I'll go through our campaign introduction, and then we'll start to get into these lovely characters that all of the uh, all of the players have chosen. Now, the, the one thing we have pre-prepared for the characters, um, there's a few things that we pre-prepared. Class, race, and the basic stats. I needed the class and the race so that I could do the lovely artwork that you see underneath <laughs> and on the uh, on the artwork uh, session on the side, the, the artwork um, scroll. Uh, everything else, we're gonna be doing live here. So, let me read out our narrative beginning and we will get started. The Tempest Adventuring Guild a name now legendary across the lands of Nosteo. Four weeks ago, the city of Palin was attacked by a powerful magical force, destroying a large section of it. A sinister cult, set on bringing an evil betrayer god, Tiamat, into the world, had launched an assault against the city. But just as all hope seemed lost, and the portal to Tiamat's prison had opened, a band of heroes were able to intervene. In the process of stopping the cult, however, ancient giant magic was reawakened. And all across Nostea, machinery which had lain dormant for thousands of years has begun to power back on. The giants, a race long thought lost, have returned. But this arrival has been tainted. King Mjorn of the Storm Giants, leader of the Arthing, the giant Council of Six, gave his life to defeat Tiamat and ensure his people returned home. Without their ruler, the six giant clans have descended into chaos upon arrival, each sure of their own way and right to rule. And with the giant lands having been occupied by the other races of Nostea for generations now, tensions are high, and the world seems poised on the brink of conflict. Each of you has been contacted by Mira, one of the founding members of the guild, with an invitation to come and interview for a new team being set up under the Tempest Guild's banner. Travelling to the merchant city of Oxenfurt, located on the west coast of Oceania, you quickly find your way to the Night Hall, an impressive three-story manor house that now houses the guild headquarters. You are not too surprised to find others there waiting as well, most likely members of your future team. Mira meets you at the gate and brings each of you through to an opulent sitting room. Standing just under six foot and dressed in long flowing robes of blue fabric and white furs, Mira is a dragonborn of two colours, half red, half silver. Her voice is calm and measured, 
as she introduces herself to you all before inviting you to sit. So, what I'm going to get each of you to do as Mira steps into the room and leads you into the night hall, this massive three-story manor house that as you approach, you can see these large wrought iron gates out the front have been polished and are now shining with this silvery iron tipped with brass. And at regular intervals along the outside, blue arcane runes occasionally flash and pulse. Every so often an insect that flies over the gate just is zapped by this uh, by this arcane wall surrounding the manor house that's invisible most of the time. As you walk in through the front gates and Mira greets you and brings you on through, you see these strange four other people who have come along, four other adventurers or mercenaries or you're not sure who these people are or where they've come from for the moment um, as you were all brought inside and sat down. The inside of the manor house is extremely well decorated. The polished wooden floors gleam with a shining light and the lounge suite that you are directed to take a seat on is both comfortable and plush. The heavier among you find yourself sinking quite quickly into it, our, uh, our war-forged <laughs> dwarf made of stone, um, as you sink quite quickly into the cushions, <laughs> finding yourself uh, very, very comfortable within them. Mira chooses to instead bring over a small stool, which she perches on, her long red and white tail flicking occasionally as it moves around the side. As she takes a seat and pulls out a clipboard with reefs of paper, assembled inside in a long quill she delicately puts inside an ink pot. She looks towards all of you. Well, it is time to uh, go through each of your names and uh, make sure that we have all of the right applicants that applied. Uh, all of you have been picked for your aptitudes and special talents. I'm curious to see what each of you can do. And with that, she gestures over towards, uh, well, actually, I should say, there are only four of you. I should, maybe this is a good point to bring in Lyra, actually, because Lyra is the only character who actually knows who the Tempest Guild are and what's going on. Um, as Mira is sitting down going through, actually, yeah, I think, I think we should do it this way. Um, as Mira is sitting down going through, a figure with long red hair braided back, dressed in very... A very like f short cut but flowing tunic and pants sort of rushes into the room holding this staff that's covered in these branching bracket fungus and as she rushes in and skids to a stop and looks towards Mira Mira gives her a smile and a wave Lyra hello um these are potentially your new teammates a perfect time to come and take a seat we were just about to do introductions uh, sorry, I, I hope I'm not too late. I, I got a bit distracted along the way. There was this really nice dark corner, and, um, I mean, uh, but, yeah, um, oh, uh, hi, hi, new people, um, I'm, I'm Lyra, uh, I've, I've been here for a little bit, and then I wasn't here for a bit, and now I'm back again, um, but, uh, I'm, I'm a druid, and, um, I guess I, I have some sort of weird mushroomy powers now, but, um, nice to meet you. Could you describe how Lyra appears to the uh, to the various assembled recruits? So, um, when you look at Lyra, I'm one of the first few sort of things that you might notice is um, 
her the eyes are if you knew her previously the eyes are different they're straight green now um she's got fair skin it's still covered in a constellation of freckles but she's um seems to have these weird sort of uh not growths but mushroom the mushrooms seem to kind of spread a little bit further than just her interests um. some of some of her armor looks quite organic doesn't it the leathers look less like animal leather and more like this tanned plant-like hide with these tendrils of mycelium through it absolutely and um but yeah as, as i was saying she's sort of in a loose fitting green top and pants um and uh everywhere she goes just every movement there's just this light dusting of mushroom spores um that catch in the beams of light uh but other than that, um, the other than the shock of red hair, it's the same Lyra that um, sort of everyone's known from the first campaign. Well, on appearance anyway. Yeah, I'd say probably slightly more elfin looking than she was previously. Her time in the Fae has... And just so much fun guy. So much fun. She's just a fun guy uh, or a fun gal. Um, yeah, so you can see the, the ears are slightly more pointed. Um, the eyes, that shade of green is this very vibrant, almost like soft glowing green that kind of betrays a little bit of that fae connection now. I, I believe Lyra is an Eladrin now, correct? Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. Right. yeah so so there's, I'm going to be rolling <laughs> that one. There's been some, been some changes to uh, to Lyra. Um, and how, how tall is Lyra as well, just to get an idea of, because uh, I believe you were quite short, weren't you? Yeah. As I think, by memory, I've shrunk quite a little bit. I'm not sure if it's just... Um, Back when Shana was trying to describe her, um, way back when, if uh, Shana had maybe not really thought that she is only really from the waist up, the rest is yeah. all snake. Um, yeah, it was. And all so snake. she is only about five feet tall. Um, oh well, yeah, so, okay. so, yeah. So she is no. short. <laughs> so the staff is actually quite a bit taller than Lyra as she uh, <laughs> she like spins it round. Nice. Works out well for her. She. Mostly yeah. uses it to knock things off t- tall shelves that she was previously able to reach. Yeah, well, I mean, the bracket fungi now provide almost a little bit of a platform as you like can knock things in and catch them on the bracket fungus and bring them down to you with this uh, with this long section of, uh, of wood fungus. <laughs> he also probably has this thought where it's like, if I can get good enough at this, I can use the fungus to make steps for me out of wooden furniture and just sort of use it to climb up to reach things. Now, I do have one quick question. Um, how much has Lyra been experimenting with the fungi around the estate of the Night Hall? He is being the biggest pain in the ass possible. Like, <laughs> on one half, like everyone's, you know, it's probably a bit of us like, oh yeah, you know, you've, you've been gone for so long, you're finally back. And on the other half, a lot of people are probably wishing that she would just leave again because if there is a dark corner that is humid and moist enough to grow mushrooms, she will have grown mushrooms or at least have tried to grow mushrooms in that spot. Just, I don't know, maybe happen to have a couple of uh, spores. Like, oh, I wonder what this is. And she'll sort of sprinkle it down. <laughs> um, okay. But yeah, she, the that's excellent. Library can... is. Man, are, are, you just, are you just compelled to do it? Like, is there any underlying, <laughs> like, yeah. The fungus that's taken over her brain stem wants to spread. Um, <laughs> there there is mean... a mycelium <laughs> and it is magical. And the more mycelium that goes places, the more magic there is. So I, I you know, it, it, I'm improving things for everybody. Right. They just I mean, don't the, know it yet. The fact that she's bringing an introduced invasive species from the Feywild into the plane of the hey. oh, hey. there's not going to be any consequences for that. Yeah, I, 
I just finished The Last of Us. I know what happens now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm a conservationist, so I'm very aware of when uh, you know, yeah. invasive species come in. And really yeah, in Australia particularly, we've had a pretty good track record with invasive species, right? Oh, oh no, rabbits are oh, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I was, I was being sarcastic, oh, I was being sarcastic. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Like, Mate, I'm from Queensland, I know about the cane toad. That delivery had to be questioning you. They're questioning. They didn't even. They weren't even that effective at the cane beetles because the cane beetles. They didn't eat it. Yeah, they they preferred the Australian wildlife. It's like, oh, I mean, I could go for these cane beetles, or I could just eat them. So the one question I do want to ask, if we have like a, you know, sort of like a spore druid, are we going to have to get the addiction table at Owen for mushrooms? I wasn't planning on having the. Uh, yeah, Michael's, yeah, Michael's currently been, wearing an incredible tie dye shirt. He is. I wasn't planning on bringing the addiction table into the campaign unless we needed it. I've been using it in um, Curse of Strahd for the dream pastries. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I've got it. I've made it. I can use it. It's not a problem. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Maybe I should have sanity checks as well. In um, the Feywilds, like if she came across any. Oh yeah, there's like there's like Fey fly agaric. It's just insanely hallucinogenic. And like she has absolutely grown it in some spot or another. Like she is backing up all her mushrooms. That's the one she's running her bed, right? (laughs) (laughs) Under the pillow. Fey agaric, and literally fly agaric's the one that you see in like the fairy circles. It's the red and white spot of mushroom. All right, well, fey agaric is an actual thing now. (laughs) It's gonna be horrific. Um, Awesome. Okay, perfect. Well, that's that's a really good description of Lyra. amazing uh, also you'll see her character art coming up during the uh, if you're watching us on youtube or on the twitch stream you'll see her character art come up as well um well as as mira thanks lyra thank you for that introduction lyra um there's a seat there um well i think we should uh, move on to the next uh next participant the next recruit um my uh, my ganassi friend um i believe your name was um and mira begins shuffling through some papers Tetra. My name's Tetra. Oh, yes, uh, Tetra. Here. Um, please uh, introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, and Michael, if you could descri- start by describing Tetra, how she appears. All right, well, um, she's uh, a little uh, dark blue skin, So, but she's, she's not a drow. She's, she's something else. Um, and in parts of like where her hair is and um, bits on her arm, uh, her skin sort of morphs and changes into crystals. And crystals mostly purple or dark blue or along those lines. She's got um she's got a little bit long robes, a bit flowy. And uh, she's got sort of brightish shine under behind her eyes. So she's she'll just introduce herself and just be like, oh hello, I, I I haven't been awake for very long. Um, I, uh, I, I just got sort of woke up in uh, amongst the, the dwarves, been looking for, uh, you know, interesting, like you know, a place to to talk about magics and and learn, um, and sort of find my way here. No, don't worry too much about how you got here. We're we're going to go through all of that as part of the session zero, and um, I'll be I'll be tying together your backstory. So what we're going to do is essentially come up with a few threads for each of you, and then we're going to weave them all together into a tapestry of a backstory that brings all of you together to this place. Some of you having known each other. Ideally, I want to have it so that each of you know at least one other person, if not more. 
uh, from your past, and we're going to literally weave together this tapestry of, of events that's brought you to this location. Cool. It's a very like visual metaphor. I'm going to stand by that. Yeah, I'm going to get the threads of your character narrative and weave them into a tapestry of a party. I'm not wow. pretentious, I swear. I don't know where that came from. Um, maybe it's this. Uh, maybe it's this Guatemalan beer. It's making me very lyrical. Uh, <laughs> amazing. Uh, well, one more one more thing I'll, I'll mention oh yes. about her is um, she's got um, just a little stone, little uh, what looks like be a little dark stone or a little dark bit of metal. I'm not sure whether it's stone or metal, and it's just softly floating around her, just bobbing moving around she doesn't seem to be paying attention to it okay well, the other thing we should mention as well i don't know if you touched on this uh michael with tetra is parts of her skin because it has almost like a stony kind of texture to it the skin and there are sections where it is cracked revealing crystals within so you can almost see these like internal crystals and the eyes her eyes as you said were very bright and shine they're very crystalline as, as you look at them the way they catch the light is almost like light shining through a crystal or reflecting off a crystal. It's very brilliant, reflective mm. surface. Um, yeah, almost like the uh, the light you get from a cat's eye or a dog's eye when you shine a light in at night. But rather than being that, that yellowy uh, green from the tapetum, it's this very purpley blue color, this very rich um, purplish color that shines forward. Mm. Mira nods and then turns towards uh, another one of the, the new recruits. Um, yes, and I, uh, I have here as well, um, I'm, I'm sorry, on your application, uh, I did not, uh, I was not able to interpret the language that your name was written as, um, it looks like a series of runes, I, I our local wizard, Griswold, tried to interpret it, but, um, he had some troubles as well, um. Oh, uh, well, uh, uh this one doesn't have what you call a, a name, um, uh, this one has a on here a designation. Uh, so, so this one felt that should probably write something. Oh, I didn't write it, but someone else did. Um, could you could you describe uh, your character, Claire, as well? <laughs> Just to give some context, uh, this incredible performance. <laughs> uh, okay, so what what you see is a uh, dwarven humanoid figure. Um, that is made of stone. Uh, so they uh, have this long brown travelling cloak that they've kind of wrapped around themselves uh, and to cover what you can clearly see is a very old, maybe marble, pyrite, very old stone, and you can just see glimpses of what must have been a very vibrant but faded now um yellow red and blue paint and you're thinking that at some point this thing must have been just garish garishly um painted uh like a greek statues used to be and the details on the face are not sort of um blank or mask-like they are impeccably impeccably um detailed and when the frowning or perplexed every single little detail is moving so they've got the dwarven beard the dwarven hair dwarven helm and the armor but it's all very almost uncannily lifelike even though it's quite clearly something that's constructed 
almost like a, a dwarven statue brought to life. Um, wow. Very clearly female dwarven statue. The beard kind of extends down around the chin. Or did you not want to have, did you want to go more ambiguous? Yeah, I'm going to go they them. Okay, perfect. I might I might adjust the character then because I still I, I think the version oh, yeah. of the character we've got is still based on the original brief you gave me, which was when you were playing a female dwarf. There were boobies. There were, and uh, <laughs> quite a quite a quite an ample, uh, yes. ample yeah. The just the description I was given from Claire, I think. Let me find it. Was like ample bosom. Ample bosom. Yeah. Like, no, I, and I thick little- with like three C's. Yes. Well. Yeah. Okay. I still have no, that no, artwork. Anymore. Um, I don't think you can get rid of the bosom though, even if it's a whatever. I d- I've already I've already reduced it a bit for this one, but I'm wondering if maybe I should reduce it even a bit more. Make the because I I hadn't sorry I hadn't realized that you were going for a much more ambiguously gendered character. I can easily yeah. no, the embrace right. the bosom. <laughs> it's very no. The, it's they it's not the, I don't mind. It's not the bosom <laughs> so much. I think the um. Well, look. Very, sorry, let me let me rephrase. So what you see is a is a dwarven statue quite androgynous, but almost like a dwarven statue brought to life. Sections of the skin are a little bit chipped and cracked. You can see where a little bit of damage has been done over the years. And probably even with the traveling cloak on, even though there's no, um, oh, actually, yeah, yeah, and your eyes as well. They, they glow with this very light blue magic. It's almost as if the eyes themselves are still stone, but there's this glow hovering just a, a, maybe like a centimeter or two off the surface of the stone that gives the eyes this very radiant color. Any of you who are particularly sharp-eyed, there's a similar matching glow occasionally poking out from underneath the cloak. Yeah, I can see Claire nodding. Perfect, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ali, you had a question. Yeah, I was just going to ask, um, when they emote, is it more like the crumbling and reforming of um, stone or concrete, or is it sort of like a more oddly elastic stone in the sense that you know, there's nothing being moved out of the way in order for the emotion to happen. Can you say that word again, Ali? Which one? Emote? Overly elastic? Overly elastic. Oh, I thought that I thought that was one word. And I was like, wow, that is a I word. don't think that's a word. It could be, but I'm not sure. Elastic. Yeah. Overlastic, yes. There is a special terminology for this type of uh, stone movement. It's overlastic. Overly elastic. I heard overly elastic. I heard, I heard it both times. <laughs> It's, it's, um, it's more like the first one, yeah, sort of moving stone. You know that um, uh, in the labyrinth, the giant in the, the stone? Yes. Yeah, 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 in yeah. The labyrinth, Very much kind of like that. Very, uh, okay. very like Jim Henson would be proud of, of, um, <laughs> of this character. So, yeah, it's, it's, I guess in a way it's almost like the stone, the seams and the cracks fade into each other quite seamlessly. And so when the face moves, it's the only time you can kind of see these breaks and cracks as they, as they move around and reshape to form these different expressions. But it's probably accompanied by a very faint, grinding, crumbling sort of sound. And even when, whenever, whenever your character moves as well, Claire, I'm assuming there's that same sort of like grinding mm-hmm. sound. Very faint, um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That that you know that you know when you're walking on marble or you're running your hand along marble with something kind of metallic, it's that sort of the noise. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that sort of feeling. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's fantastic. Um it's so, very emotive. Like they're they're very emotive as well. Yeah. And and yeah. clearly clearly carved by an expert smith. Whoever whoever was responsible for this above and beyond even the dwarven skills this was a master dwarven craftsman 
or craftswoman who, who created this statue. What's brought it to life and the subsequent things that have followed, you have no idea. But but to all intents and purposes, from the outside, it looks like a statue that's been animated. Not a girl, not a statue. <laughs> <laughs> that's my exactly. motto. <laughs> um, as, as Mira sort of nods and, and updates the form with the new information that uh, she had some information wrong. Uh, she goes, um, so you, you have not, you do not have a name, is that correct? Uh, well, actually, I did come across uh, someone who, who has given me, uh, or translated or given this one some sort of a designation. I came across them in my travels. Uh, we shall come back to that in a moment, I think. I liked it at the time. I'm using more of the word I, because I understand that is meant, this is protocol to use pronouns. Yes, yes. This um, one will try their best. Um, I will try I best. Indeed. Um, well, I, I, we will, I, I'd love to update the forms properly. I think we should uh, finish the introductions then. We, I think we should maybe start with your journey to get here. Um, well, um, Oh, Alan, friend, uh, in in the ropes. Um, please, I, I have uh, uh, Niles. Ah, yes, Niles Silverwind. What an honour it is to be amongst such esteemed colleagues. You must be Mira. A very faint blush comes to Mira's cheeks. <laughs> very faint. Uh, would you like to describe your character, Matt? Um, so Niles is. Uh, for all intents and purposes, a very tall, almost uh, life fi- figure, uh, bird-like humanoid creature, very much uh, reminiscent of like a snowy screech owl, like that sort of like grey, motley, white, black sort of colour scheme. Um, has these very large, huge, like big wings uh, set behind him, uh, tucked away, uh, but wears a very Oriental-inspired uh, clothing. Very, uh, very monochromatic with with touches of uh, some reds and teals, uh, gold trim on the edges. Very, very, very uh, ornate uh, clothing, which probably would be quite out of place, I would say, for this part of Nostea. Um, very, very, uh, yeah, very exotic, I would say. Uh, but yeah, um, has two sort of talony hands and talony feet with some uh, some gold bangles on one foot of uh, one leg of his talons. Uh, and yeah, just one of his uh, clawed talons is uh, is tied up with a with a white bandage, um, seemingly for no reason. But probably the the one thing you notice the most of uh, Niles is he has his yeah very monochromatic sort of black and white uh, yin yang symbols uh, sort of adorn yeah, the details of his, <clears throat> his clothing as well um, throughout the the garb and also on his back his back cloak also has a large uh, yin yang symbol. Um, and interesting, interestingly enough, he doesn't carry, doesn't seem to be carrying any type of weapon. It's just simply him in these resplendent clothing um, with his yeah, with his grey features, um, very big, bright yellow eyes as well, which sort of just stand out amongst the largely monochromatic clothing. Uh, just these massive yellow, piercing eyes. Um, yeah, and also yeah, just super like quite lanky as well. I would say, um, yeah. 
took me a few goes to get the owl eyes right, and even then they're very nice <laughs> on the artwork. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's good. Uh, he also has a pair of, uh, quite comically actually, considering he's probably got very good vision, uh, just some, some, little, some little spectacles. They're some like half uh, moons, yeah, like half little half moons, like yeah. perched just on the tip of his beak. The other thing we should say, like a screech owl, uh, you have these yeah. feathers, tufts sort of coming up, almost that look a little bit like ears or horns on your head, but they're yeah. just tufts of feathers collected. Almost um, like a Y shape. So they're like the feathers yeah. go up like this and then sort of come down into the face. Um, yeah, yeah, very, very wild. screech owl, very screech owl kind of face and appearance with some of that faded snowy owl coloration coming through as well with the the browns of the screech owl tempered by the greys and whites and blacks of the of the barn of the snowy owl sorry not barn owl, right. barn owl. yeah snowy owl um please niles yeah as, as mira sort of uh you see like a little bit of like a, she sort of like gets a bit of a confused look and blushes a little bit and then goes uh, yes you were very highly recommended uh to us could you tell us some um, uh any skills that you might have in particular oh well i um to partake in a, a tea or two, uh, I enjoy a good brew. I, I hear it under good authority that you too, Mira, enjoy a nice hot cup. In fact, I couldn't help but notice you had some exquisite uh, samples in your in your store there. Um, it would be a, it would be an honour to to make you some tea someday. Oh, um, that's like that's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as you say, they're being like, why can't I be Mira right now? I want tea. <laughs> Uh, that that would be lovely. I do I do enjoy tea. You're very very well informed. I do enjoy a nice hot cup of tea. Uh, I, I am but a humble servant. Whatever I can do to assist and make things make things easy, I am happy to help. Um, and it is good to be here. I'm excited to see what your charisma score is because fuck me, it's going to be high. <laughs> it's not high. That's <laughs> like minus one. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's fine. I love. I love the characterization. This. I have to say, I was not expecting uh, this particular affect. I'm re- like, this has been the most surprising. I think actually so far for me. I was. I don't know what I was expecting, but this is. This is hilarious. I'm really liking this. This is really fun. Yeah, I think. I think in my mind, I was gonna try and do like a like a more like a more of a genteel voice but it, it's come out way more charismatic than i was hoping it, it would so i'm just gonna roll with it <laughs> yeah i really like it it's like this it's like a it's like a it's like a, a um like a rogue a rakish roguish kind of uh yeah. noble like coming like oh well, maybe i could make you tea sometime milady <laughs> yeah but less well, cringe than that um the negative charisma comes from the fact that he makes an l grade <laughs> when when Mira clearly wanted a Yorkshire gold, exactly, yeah. Yeah. exactly. ST, yeah, 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 that's true. Um, wow. And um, and finally the um, Crasis, 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 yes, Crasis, um, uh, yes, uh, please. I didn't, I didn't really say my last name. I don't normally mutter it often. Uh, Antares. I'll just update the form. Um, could you describe? So for, uh, yeah, so yep, no, no, oh, no. I was just going to say, because um, I was thinking of doing, like, so before we had our session, I was thinking of a name for my last name, and everyone said Star Constellations, and then I looked at names of stars, and Antar- Antares is apparently one of them. So mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. So, yeah, for everyone at home, uh, my character is an astral elf, so he has these long flowing robes and this sort of, like, cape, 
that sort of falls behind him and it has like almost like it looks like sort of a galaxy in motion almost with the cloak it's like very like almost looking up at the night sky um stars and stuff through it um he's wearing like he has like this sort of trim along too that sort of has like this almost like this glow effect to it so very like it'd be almost like it'd be very interesting to look at this person but uh, otherwise um the astral elves and i think your world owen have like the darker sort of bluey sort of tinged skin yeah sort of a grayish bluish and teals yeah Yeah, sort of muted grays blues and teals like like a night sky in various stages and then often they'll have like little star patterns of of bioluminescence glowing across their skin yep um so i sort of have that struggle throughout i have little a little like sort of almost like a magic tattoo sort of up here it doesn't really it, it just um sort of glows luminescent um otherwise elf got like this long flowing sort of like white grayish hair um but yeah sort of cuts he he definitely has like a serious tone to him though and the so for for those of you which is everybody who's not very familiar with the astral elves because this is the first time they're appearing in the homebrew world of nostea um i'm going to go through a little bit of the nostean differences but again um for those of you who are joining us for the first time i do thoroughly recommend checking out the uh the wiki i should definitely do exclamation mark wiki for the twitch streamers um Otherwise, it's in the description of the episode below. But for Nostea, the Astral Elves are actually quite rare on the surface of Nostea. Um, They generally spend a lot of their time up very, very high in the floating cities. Um, There's specifically one floating city where they generally spend their time, um, which is the uh, floating city of Volus. It's a, a giant sky castle that they converted into a flying city, and they have been spending most of their time right up very very high tracing the sky castle's route around nostea as they research magic um very unusual magic for the rest of nostea and this the astral elves are a very unknown kind of group but there have been astral elves occasionally coming down and 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 kind of trading and and working with some of the members of the of the nostean groups all astral elves seem to have a bit of an affinity for magic so whenever astral elves have come to oxenford if any of you are residents of oxenford um they've normally been around the university for the most part and spent a lot of their time to do magic so that's what i was going to get into the owen i was thinking um my parents would be very involved with the unseen university because i was thinking of going the background celebrity adventurers scion or something yeah nice okay cool cool cool, cool. um i'm sort of going with that like i'm the son of these like famous parents who you know everyone talks all about them all the time but you know i've i've never really been looked at that's why i've come to the guild to try and get some to get out from under their shadow forge your own path yeah cool 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 um the only other thing i'll add about your character as well is the clothing is quite unique um because the astral elves spend so much time very high in the air and and at very high altitudes the robes that you're wearing there's almost like not armor plating but these sections of metal almost woven into it forming these little collections of not wires per se but these um little little armored sections around your robes that don't don't look to be armor per se but but for you guys that's probably the the closest metaphor that you come up with looking at it these little sections of metal kind of woven in and the robes themselves it looks like they can actually be attached and plugged down to form almost like a full suit in a way 
which would be a pressure suit for when you need to be in uh, in low pressure situations. Oh, so whether or not whether or not you would be wearing that, maybe your parents don't have one for you, but the astral elves, the clothing is very much designed around the needs of being at very very high altitudes. Yeah, quite quite futuristic looking, and the the glowing star-like um, luminescence on your forehead glows the same color as your eyes. This very very light starlight blue. Mm. Mm. It's actually very similar to a uh, they them friend nameless here. nameless friend nameless friend. Where, yeah, whereas yours is much whiter. Um, the the dwarven forged. Uh, appears to have a much more darkish blue, a much more uh, like a like a deep a deep lightning blue. Whereas yours is this very light white. Star. I imagine it's almost color. like that's what I was about to say. It's almost mm-hmm. like looking into minds, almost looking like into the galaxy where yeah, um, and friends is almost look like looking at like a like a blue gem or something like that that you would find down deep in the earth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly right. Yeah, um, the spectrum. <laughs> That'd be a cool name, Spectrum. Oh, chromatic sorcerer, Spectrum. That's cool. Um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. NPC, just type that in. Uh, so yeah, as 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 Mira like, nods as you all finish your introductions, um, she sort of takes a bit of a moment, pulls open her folio, and begins rifling through small papers. Um, yes, well, um. I see here that uh, you, you each have um, areas of aptitude and, and, and uh, specific skills. Um, your resumes were all very impressive, I must say, uh, reading through them. And um, uh, yes, I'd like to go through and get a bit of an understanding about your, your, your skills and your strengths. So what we're going to do is go through your character sheets in very light detail. So obviously we used, for those of you who are um, new to D&D or, or are just getting started, we're actually going to go through how we did our character creation for each of these characters and kind of get you set up a little bit. So we used the point buy system, which is where you're allocated a pool of points that you can then spend to increase your stats. All of your stats start at eight. Um, when you pick your, your race, that gives you certain bonuses to certain stats. And then you have a pool of remaining points that you can allocate. I believe any points that you spend over 12, you have to spend two points after that, I believe. And then, and then over, um, there's another one where you're 15, I think it's three. Yeah. yeah, so I, as a DM, I personally really like point buy because it allows for players to customize their characters while at the same time keeping it a very even playing field. Whereas yeah. rolling for points can be uh, chaotic. Oh, really good. Oh, really, really good. Yeah. I think it, it depends yeah. on the camp. It depends on the group, I think. Yeah. Like, you know, if you want to play that sort of chaotic D&D. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I had one where one of the one of the um, players rolled three 18s for a level one character. Ah, uh, yeah, it's just... On top, that, on top of that, this was the one person that we didn't want to have a powerful character. <laughs> so it just, that, that campaign ended after like three sessions because it was just... Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's the the other option you can... Oh, sorry, Clay, you go. I was just going to say, it's fun to have a negative stat. Yeah. Yes. It is, yeah. The greatest, the greatest heroes, the greatest characters are actually defined by their weaknesses, not their strengths. Um, That's one of the things I use for creating NPCs. Normally I'll have a weakness and a goal, um, Mm. and then a few character traits that I put around that because people's greatest strength is also their greatest weakness. So if I've picked their greatest weakness, I now know what their greatest strength is. So it's because like all of us, like you're, you're, strongest attribute, strongest ability 
is often your negative that works against you. So it's a really cool way of designing characters. I mean, in, in the last campaign, the best thing I ever did for Lockie, for RP wise, was give Lyra like give away a piece to get the um to get the thing for Lyra because I gave him minus two to his charisma, and then I just yeah. went ham. I just went nuts with it the whole time. It was the best. So much fun. Uh, the other the other way that you can you can do character point allocation is standard array. I think this is fine. Where you get, I think it's you get a you get a ten, you get an eight, a ten, ten, 10 12, 12, 12, 12, 14, 13, Yeah, I look. I, I think standard array is fine. I just think that point buy allows for greater customization. So so while I'm happy for people to use standard array, generally I like to give players the most freedom possible. Um, while still kind of keeping it an even playing field. So we've used point by for all of our characters. So what we're going to do, uh, we're going to go through each of your brand new characters, your level one characters. Um, tell me your race, your class, and your main stats, how you've allocated them. So let's go reverse now. Let's start with Jared, with uh, with Crassus. Yep, cool. Could you take us through... So you're, I think we've revealed you're an astral elf. What class yep. have you chosen to play? So I've never played a wizard. So for the first time, I'm going a wizard. Amazing. Let's go. Fantastic. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, I'm looking and forward to And how have you allocated your points? So being an astral elf, I've just dumped stat strength. So that's uh, eight minus one. I am not a strong um, elf. Um, dexterity, I have actually put it plus three, so 16. So I'm, I'm thinking he's quite, so it's the, like, it's the opposite, like where your high strength but I'm like so you're low strength, but I'm high dex, so I'm quite maneuverable on my feet. Very quite live. Life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because um, I haven't completely chosen my, my um, I haven't thought of, I'm, I'm sort of umming around, but subclass still, so I'm keeping it and open. As you should be, as you should be, so that's perfect. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> um, I've given myself a plus two constitution 14. I like to think that, like, being raised by my parents like i've been through training and stuff so i actually oh, have a fairly good constitution having to be like acclimatized to the high altitude situation that the astral elves that, are often finding themselves in like i mean for you the air is thick it is oxygenated you're feeling quite quite empowered down at the low altitudes yeah exactly yeah. um plus three for intelligence uh 17 mm -hmm. yep. um so yeah with that I, I imagine i imagine that like my parents being i imagine like in my mind they're like very reputable very famous like magic wielders so like being part really big part of the unseen university and being sort yeah. of raised there and as well sort of switching between the castles like i have quite a interest in books and and magic and knowledge so i, I think i've my guys really went hard on that um wisdom is a plus zero just a 10 um so I like to think that it's just all books to him. He's trying to up himself, trying to make himself worthy of his parents' name. But at the hindsight side of that, because he's been yeah. such a bookworm, his charisma as well as a minus eight, uh, minus one, so eight. I was going to say so, minus eight. I was like, I know. Whoa. I know sorry. <laughs> but yeah, that means so it's minus and, 12 on the stats. That's impressive. Oh, so bad. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, the wisdom and charisma are lower because he's just devoted so much time to getting yeah. his body ready his, his mind ready as well his yeah. social side of things have not been there so I, especially since most of his social interactions are like oh my god your parents are famous like tell me about your parents yeah. not like, sharing that about my character so that's sort of how i've went with it 
No, nice. And that makes sense because for wizards, the, the primary stats that you want to be using, uh, the stat you're going to be using for most of your spells is intelligence, uh, almost yep. all your spells. So having intelligence as your highest stat makes a lot of sense. 17 is a really good number to start off with. Your next ability score increase will bump that up to an 18 and you'll be laughing. That's it. Brilliant. All right. And then next up we have, I believe it was Matthew. Miles. Now, let's see if anyone can guess what class <laughs> the Owlin covered in yin yang symbols might be playing. Uh, well, sorry to, you know, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put you out of your misery. I'll tell you what it is. It's, uh, it's the, it, it is, uh, yeah, it's, it's the barbarian class. Yeah, you got it. Uh, no, Niles is a monk. Um, yeah. What? <laughs> I, mainly because I've never played a monk before, um, and I, I think it's one of the classes that kind of gets overlooked a lot in D and D. Yes. So I kind of wanted to give it a go because I think that would be kind of fun. I think there's a lot of potential for role play, and I think there's a lot of potential to have a lot of fun with this class. So that's why I decided to to roll with the monk class for this campaign. Uh, Niles is an owlin. Uh, that's his race. So he is kind of like an Aracocra. Uh, for those playing at home, that is kind of like a bird-human, sort of a kind, of, kind of like a hybrid. Okay, um, yeah, like so an it, anthropomorphic bird, but you're an yeah. anthropomorphic owl. Yeah, so humanoid, but also mm. bird-like. So still retaining a lot of the bird features. Wings. And in, interestingly, Alan. yeah, two arms, two legs, and the wings. Yeah. 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 So so that Alan does... Uh, well, sorry, uh, Niles, I should say. Niles does have a, uh, a flying speed which is kind of exciting. I think for a monk, that's a very interesting thing to include. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be a little bit of fun to play around with that. Um, yeah, what else is there to say? I get a, Apparently I get a proficiency in stealth too. Silent feathers, didn't know that. That's owls, kind of fun. Owls don't make a lot of noise when they fly. They're well known they for don't. the way their feathers are aligned actually eliminates mm. noise. They're that's true. terrifying hunters, so that makes perfect Absolutely. sense. Absolutely. I think as well, like kind of going with with Niles's flavor, like so obviously like the very light fitting clothing, very flowy, um, sort of complementing that sort of uh, style, I guess. Um, kind of hard for Niles to show this off right at this moment because he's obviously in an enclosed place. But I think once Niles is out and about, you'll you'll get the the full picture of of him and what he can do. Uh, anyway, uh, we've gone through this. We've gone through the class. Yeah. Um, my, I, I've done point by. Um, I've yep. used Tasha's cauldron of everything with his racial bonuses. So I've just sort of stacked those on dexterity. Yeah, um, because dexterity for a monk is pretty important. Uh, a lot of its uh, abilities and uh, attack scores are them. all sort of everything. All of them. Everything. Pretty much everything ties back to dexterity. <laughs> yeah. So yep. that's where I've, I've stacked most of the racial bonuses. Um, other than that, uh, he has an eight in strength because obviously monks don't really need to rely too much on strength. Um, the stat bonuses on the dexterity, pushing that up to a pretty respectable score of 18. It's pretty high. Uh, constitution of 14, just so I can sort of hopefully survive some hits. Yep. Um, intelligence is eight, so he's not a smart boy. I've actually, I actually had intelligence set at 10, but then, uh, just then my charisma came in pretty hard. So I've actually switched those swapped around. It. Nice. Uh, <laughs> swapped it around. Yeah. Uh, my wisdom is a 15. Um, yes. because I think outside of dexterity, wisdom is probably the next most there are some monk stats. subclasses that rely on wisdom so it makes a lot of sense to build into that yeah. especially because you don't know which subclass you're going yet so that makes sense that's true that's true uh and yeah Way the uh, so, needs a lot of whiz yep uh and then yeah the 10 for the charisma um just because Brilliant. of what just happened uh went in real hard with the charisma so i'm just gonna roll with it that sounds no, it's, like it's fantastic this um, is a really good chance to kind of also oh, no you go you, you go oh no no you go you go on 
I was gonna say, this is a really good chance to kind of point out there's two kind of concepts for classes and stats known as sad and mad. Your, your class is either sad or it's mad. Sad mm-hmm. stands for single ability score dependent. Mad stands for multiple ability score dependency. So you want to be sad, you don't want to be mad uh, as a character. Yeah, so monks are, monks are a very classic example of possibly sad, possibly mad, depending on how you split yeah. it up. So it's, it's good that you've kind of focused on the dexterity but kept the wisdom in reserve for when you need it yeah. i really like that that's going to come in handy. that's right it's very clever yeah i think that's a i think that's a, a versatile play i think in in, uh, in my well, allocations it just to it just opens yeah. up every subclass for you you're not locked into one or the other um for like the way of the kensai which is the um mm, the weapons one that's still available to you and still a very powerful yeah. option as is open palm or four elements, long death. Like it, seriously, you, you've done a really good job of opening yep. yourself up to all the subclasses. So that was very nicely done. Thank you. Um, but outside of that, um, speaking probably more to Niles' character, I think probably more of that will be revealed. Um, yeah. Did you want me to go through that now, or no? We... Let's let's we'll go through backgrounds in a minute because we're going to have the backgrounds kind of weave into how you've met each other. Now some of you okay. interrupted previously, so that's okay. perfect. Cool, Claire. All right. Yeah. Your your lovely. I've been calling her Dwarf Forged or them Dwarf Forged. Dwarf Forged is cool. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So um, technically, the race. Did you want me to? Did you want to make a custom? Did you want me to make a custom race? Sure. Why not? Because we've already got we've already got one other custom race tonight, yeah, which we're going to discuss yeah, yeah. in a few seconds. Um, yeah. I because we've already done Giant Forged. I will. Done. I'll make a, I'll make custom Dwarf Forge race. We'll update it. Um, I'll have a chat to you about what the specifics of that custom race are. It'll be available on the wiki and D&D Beyond for anyone who wants to use it, as with all of my custom classes and races that I make. Fun. This is why D&D is fun. Just make it up as you go along. <laughs> so yeah, so, so, that, so you're, you're currently playing a Dwarf Forge, but it's about to become a Dwarf Forged in a moment, which is a, it'll be a special sub-race of Dwarf Forged. Um, and you are... What class are you playing? So I've picked a Dwarf Forged Fighter. Fighter, um, very nice. Yes, and so is that a class you've played before? I have played more fighter before, okay. not the one that I'm thinking of for this particular character, uh, and that's for a later level. Um, so that will be a lot of fun. But so fighters, are, if you want to play your classic melee, um, but also they're quite versatile. But if you want to play a classic fighter, play the fighter. Um, sword and board, yeah, <laughs> ready to go. I'll go wrong. <laughs> sword and shields, uh, for those of you who might not know what that particular reference is. Yeah. So so I'm going to be a strength-based fighter. Which oh, means okay. Nice. So you can do usually either dex or strength yep. fighters, um, depending on what sort of weapon you want to use and what sort of fighting style you want to, want to be. And that can um, lock you into some subclass options. There's a couple of subclasses that depend yeah. on one or the other so that's that's you've kind of got yourself streamlined towards a couple it sounds like you've got a subclass in mind in particular excellent i'm very excited to see that when it comes <laughs> uh but for now just making it yeah so you can basically just pick either strength or dex so my strength is 16 that's a plus three my dexterity is 10 which is a straight roll uh constitution need a little bit of that because i'll be fighting uh, i need some hit points so that's also 16 um my intelligence is minus one. Eight. That's nice. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, actually. Uh, you don't need it as a fighter, really. Uh, uh, oh, unless you're like a... There is a type of fighter that needs... Eldritch Knight. Eldritch Knight. Yeah. 
However, if your DM is especially generous, you might find yourself coming across a helm of intellect, at which point you don't give a shit anymore because your intellect is suddenly set to 18 as a result of finding the the headband. Because my character loves treasure. Absolutely loves. Oh, that's sorry. That was, that's if you've got a nice DM. Um, Oh yeah, that's right. I saw that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Forget that. Well, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) That's Uh, awkward. Wisdom, uh, which you do need a little bit of for fighters. Just, it's a really good utility for like perception. A lot of Um, wisdom saves for spells. And if you're on the front line. Yeah. So I've got a 14, so it's a plus two. Um, and then my charisma, I actually put as a straight 10. Now, with fighters, that you, you sometimes dump that one as well. Um, but, you know, my character's very glittery and looks like a Greek sculpture. So I thought, can't admit a minus. She's pretty. Cool. I mean, she's so shiny. <laughs> They're so shiny. They're shiny. Yeah. Shiny. We're not doing that again. I think, um, I think it's, it would be important to note at this point, sorry, um, Niles would be like looking at everyone. Everyone is very glittery or glowy. Niles is just Niles's big allies are just like oh, oh. <laughs> now <laughs> there is there is one aspect of Niles. There is one aspect of Niles we need to talk about. Now owls in in our world, um, they can't move their eyes. They don't have ocular muscles, so they have to move their heads when they want to look at things. Is yep. that true for Niles? Amazing. Okay, yep. great. So that's, Niles is just like, I just saw off. <laughs> yeah. That's probably why his charisma is so low. Like two <laughs> headlights. <laughs> <It's> fucking creepy. <laughs> Amazing. I love that. That's awesome. Um, brilliant. Claire, amazing that is that's very clever i like how you've distributed your stats as well um keeping keeping some options open but also kind of streamlining towards a couple of different subclasses it sounds like you do and also keeping in mind the character so some stats should reflect you know yeah exactly that they're not a completely no exactly exactly right now on to our custom sub race <laughs> Michael, yes. could you please tell us a little bit about your race and class? Okay. Well, Tetra Aeonite is a Ganassi, which usually the Ganassi go towards an element, so fire, earth, air, water. Um, but she's a little bit different. So she's a crystal Ganassi, which is something that Owen and I have come up with and spawned. So um, she has like elements of the earth, of the earth Ganassi, but the crystal stuff starts to come out. And so that's going to have have interesting little maybe features or traits in the future. We'll see how we go. Um, And her class, I've gone, I've started her off as a druid. Um, Now I have played a druid before a couple of times. Many times. A few times. <laughs> it's your I, most played class, Michael. Why are you trying to pretend otherwise? <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, because I love the flavor of Druid. Yeah. And Druids you are can amazing. go in so many different directions. Yep. You can um, you can have you can have a party of three druids and they all play entirely differently. Even four druids, actually, four subclasses you could run. Circle of Wildfire is like a ranger with your companion or, or a sorcerer. Circle of Stars gives you this incredible combination spell slinger or eldritch knight. Uh, Wild Shape gives you tank, healer, support, <laughs> like melee. 
everything for uh, for Moon Druid. And Spore Druid for incredible control. Yeah. I would I would almost argue it's like one of the most versatile like classes. Like you could just go in any direction and it would just oh, yeah. work. Yeah. Absolutely. Which is why I'm really looking forward to a double druid party. Yeah. Well, spoilers, spoilers. But yeah, everyone knows Lyra is also. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to do some one-two punches that are going to, just going to be very interesting. So um, I have an idea of which subclass I want to go with her. Um, we'll get to that in a moment. Um, but yeah, so for now, I've, I've, I've stuck her in druid. So the way that I've um, kitted her out is my strength and my dex, I've got a plus one in both. Just sort of to iron it out and also because... You know, with you know a little bit of like a little, little bit of rock, she's got like a little bit of like oomph behind it, and then the um the the decks because you know rock slides, and um the way I'm going to flavor her is I'm moving into crystals, lights, and sort of maybe some little bit of magnetism that I might have already hinted at. Um, so um yeah, so 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 that that, that sort of explains the, <laughs> exactly that that explains the the those ones the, for the physical for the last physical stat. I've taken Constitution, which is always a great move for a spellcaster for concentration checks and also to make sure I don't get like completely blown away for the first time I get hit. Um, Yeah, her intelligence is only a plus one um, because that's not her main stat. Her main stat comes from Wisdom, which I've stuck a plus three in and I've got a 17 there. Um, Yeah, so I've got a 17 in Wisdom, I've got a 13 in Dex. And the reason I like doing the odd numbers are to usually do two odd numbers. So the first time you level up, and you take that plus the extra plus two, you can go pop, pop, and two skills pop up. And, and suddenly then, you're like, oh, I can unlimited power. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can do all these things. Um, and then the last one I've done is a minus one to charisma because she, like, yeah. we'll go into backstory stuff later, but there is a reason that she doesn't quite get people. Um, she's, she's being sheltered, let's say. She's, she's a little sheltered. Noticing a trend of uh, low charisma. Our <laughs> best charisma is a flat, flat ten. Ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't yeah. have anything Excellent. above that. We've made, we've made the oh, no. most charismatic character. Okay, that'll be fun. <laughs> this is problematic. <laughs> as a dungeon master, as a dungeon master, <laughs> having all of the players and not have a, one of the ability scores covered. Mwah. <laughs> it's a political the intrigue campaign. Is, Wait, what? What? <laughs> and that's the thing with Owen, though. Owen always like does a lot of role play, so a lot of those charisma stats are actually probably more uh, yeah. important than other. DM, this is DM good sometimes. because now it means you're going to fail them more uh, often, which is so much more interesting and so yeah, much more yeah. fun. It's it really boring really when you fun. when you just like lie to people and they go, "Oh yeah, yeah, that sounds that sounds about right." Whereas now people are like. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's it's fun. It's we're gonna we're not very conspicuous either. All of us have some degree of glowing. Yeah, well, you are no, 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 no. You are very conspicuous. That's the problem. <laughs> the true, the yeah. issue is you're very like as a group. You've got one of the rarest sub races of elf. You've got a walking Greek statue. <laughs> You've got an owl and going. Hmm. Everywhere he goes. You've got a woman with crystals growing through her skin. And then another woman who's constantly shedding spores like some soft snow behind her wherever she walks. (laughs) You are. Yeah. 
<laughs> this is Lyra. We also call her Snowy. Uh, <laughs> would you like to... Uh, actually, perfect timing. Ali, would you like to take us through Lyra's class and stats? And then I think we should get started on the backstories and do a bit of... Uh, as, as you've all brought up, do a bit of roleplay. See how you guys all go. Yep, so um, she is a Eldarin this time round after um, her losing her body and going through the Feywild, so I thought it could be a fun race to play. Um, for her class, she is a Spore Druid, um, well, at least hopefully otherwise the mushrooms are going to seem really weird. <laughs> and uh, for abilities, I have very probably and possibly made a really bad mistake here. That's, I like to hear that. Dumps. I got three dump stats. Um, Brilliant. So I have uh, wisdom, done charisma. a point by of eight for strength, charisma, and intelligence. <laughs> uh, so Lyra wow. is wise enough to know what? not to put tomatoes in a uh, salad or a fruit salad. Uh, she's not smart enough to know not to serve them on a lead plate. <laughs> a, I actually kind of like that analogy. That's, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's a smart analogy for stats. The tomato analogy. Strength strength is being able to crush the tomato. Dexterity is able to cut it. Constitution is being able to eat the tomato and survive. Like, <laughs> I'm guessing. Um, intelligence is knowing a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not serving it in a fruit salad. Um, charisma is describing it or selling it, I guess. Being able to yeah, convince yeah. people to eat the tomato off the lead plate. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's fun. Um, that wow. is that is lots of fun. So take take us through your main stats. Then sounds like you've so done a, a three and three. Yeah, uh, I've sort of railroaded her into. Um, I've kept. I've gone fifteen con. Just I'm just anticipate. I don't want to be super squishy anymore. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've got a whiz of fifteen and a dex also of fifteen. And then I've wow. used my um, racials to boost the dex to seventeen and the whiz to sixteen. But nice. other than that, it's. Yeah. Eight strength, seventeen dex, fifteen. Getting into the dex there, that's interesting. Mm. Very cool. Yeah, spore it, druids. she's not going to be wild shaping. It's a good idea. Um, yeah. Oh, of course. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ali, Ali, Lyra, Lyra has to be a lot more survivable than she was in the previous campaign. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good point. Or she won't be, and I'll be playing a different character. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so, so for those of you who might not be aware, for those of you who didn't watch Tyranny of Dragons, um, Ali joined us playing Lyra originally, who was a Moon Druid. Um, during the course of that campaign, because she was playing a Kalashtar Moon Druid, during the course of that campaign, something kind of funky magically happened, and Ali ended up playing almost like a reflection of Lyra, um, or like a, a twin soul. Lyra is like twin soul, known as Shana, who was a um, a Naga essentially, <laughs> uh, a UNT sorcerer. So Lyra, one of the big plot points of the last campaign was trying to get Lyra back. Um, spoilers: Lyra's here. They succeeded. Sorry about that. Um, and Ali, Ali is going to be playing Lyra, but reverted back to level one as a result of her experiences while she was uh, absent from the uh, from the world. So. Um, what we're going to do now is go through and build a bit of a backstory narrative for all of you together that's brought you to the Tempest Guild. Now, Lyra really obviously is part of the Tempest Guild. However, there are a few narrative threads that I can see really clearly could potentially link her to one, maybe even three of you, actually. Lyra suddenly discovering this, this affinity for mushrooms would want to go and research them in the Unseen University, I'm imagining, at some point. That potentially puts you in contact with uh, with Crassus. Also, 
if you're looking for mushrooms, you need to be heading to the underground. Down in the underground. <laughs> so probably as well that puts you in contact with potentially Tetra and Claire's character. Potentially, depending on how we how we build them up and, and sort of figure where they're from. So potentially there's some links there. Niles, I'm seeing potentially some links traveling between the cities. Now, when you sort of picture Niles, Matt, is he more of a city folk? Does he does he generally travel through the cities? Is he is he a resident of any of the cities, or is he more a bit of a traveler, a bit of a wanderer? Um, my well, my initial thoughts on Niles was he was I was originally when I was creating Niles, I wanted to create more of like a like a servant or like more of like a retainer character so perhaps yeah. representing or being a part of uh maybe like a minor noble family uh which probably explains a little bit why he maybe is you know maybe a little bit more charismatic yes. than maybe what you're letting on um so that's where i was going with that backstory i feel as though niles may ne- may or may not necessarily be part of this like i think yeah there's some there's some backstory there with with, the, with maybe the noble house that he's serving Okay. Um, but, yeah. I would, but, I, but I would say that he is probably a bit of a traveler anyway. Um, probably traveling here and there, um, hearing stories and sort of uh, relaying that information back to this particular family. Um, you know, keeping them up to date with, the, with, with what's happening in the world, uh, which is also why he's actually quite like he maybe he's I, I, I imagine him being a little bit more of a fanboy of the Tempest Guild overall. I think he would have been keeping up to date with uh, their uh the, with the news of their of their of their accomplishments and has been sort of feeding that to uh to the to his to his uh to his retainers to his uh to his uh, uh to the people that he works for essentially amazing i love that that's really cool actually <laughs> okay yeah. so so okay there's some there's some things we do with that so the Alan and aracocra generally on nostea um the, the, the Aracocra and Alan generally work for the messenger guilds for the most part. However, there are a number of noble families, both in the Alan and Aracocran communities, who sort of kind of function almost as bureaucrats over the, the messenger guild system, as, as well as other um, commerce throughout the, the various um, port cities of, of Oceus. So Palin, Oxenfurt... Um, probably even down towards the far south as well. The Elemental States, there's quite a presence of Alan and Aracocra around the Elemental States as well. That potentially puts you in contact with Tetra, obviously being a Ganassi. Ganassi are all from the Elemental States. The, the release of Elemental Energy in that area is what created the Ganassi. They are quite a local uh, phenomenon. So... That potentially threads you through to to Michael's character Tetra, which is good, and also potentially gives you access to um, Oxenfurt as well. Maybe your family has a very a minor presence here, and you're kind yep. of you've you've offered to come here as a way of like promoting your family's interests, knowing that you're actually coming to join the Tempest Guilds. Maybe that's yep. how you explain it. Be, being a bit of a fan fanboy of the Tempest Guild, a fan owl of the Tempest Guild, you've. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you kind of pitch this like, oh, our interests in Oxenfurt are not represented. I, I could go there being the largest port city in Oshia. I could, could uh, uh, further our interests there. And they found like, yeah, that's cool. Nice. That sounds great. Yes, absolutely. And then you're just there like rubbing your claws together going, <laughs> I'm a joiner guild. <laughs> okay. Finally. That's good. Okay, so that potentially links you to Tetra. Um, Crassus and Lyra we've linked. So... Claire's character is the hardest one to link to all of you because 
given your status as a dwarven-looking construct, you are most likely from the dwarven continent of Balnia. Yes, from deep in the mountains. Mm. Uh, mm. They are a bit murky about their backstory, but they remember some sort of escape, um, a blinding light, this weird feeling across their body of, like, what they found out later is wind, um, and then making their way to a port town, uh, which was their first sort of interaction with the world. Uh, and that's where they heard about the Tempest Guild. And can, the, I, can I make us Lockie. They heard about Lockie. Yeah. Ah, uh, that's cool. I have a possible suggestion if you're open to it, Claire. Rather than, rather than walking to a port town, your character, after that flash of light, finds themselves in Palin, standing near the yeah, now okay. functional giant portal. Yep. Ooh, that would, that be, would that be okay with you? Yeah, that makes sense. That's that okay. Yeah. Um, brilliant. And then heading to, making your way to Oxenfurt to try and locate Lockie, asking around. I mean, people know of the Tempest Guild and know of Lockie. And, and probably even probably even when you arrived there with the giant portal, you might have even caught a glimpse of Lockie flying up on the on an air of decency on the skyship towards this giant castle and then flying east towards oh sorry God. flying west towards Oxenfurt. It's, like, it's like in um uh oh what was it Hawkeye, you know, with the Avengers where Watsy sees all of like the Avengers happening around her and she's just like, Oh wow Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In the first episode, right? Like all yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. first movies happening but it's from her perspective. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> I haven't seen Hawkeye yet. It sounds like I probably you should. should. It's, oh, it's good. It's really good. Yeah. We oh, watched it oh, the time. We it did. Great. It was brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know, there's punishments for the O Owen comment. No, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Yes, I deserve yes. it. When I deserve it, it's fine. Um, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll make sure to check that out. Okay, perfect. I, I really like that, actually. That does a yeah, really nice job of um, bringing you into contact with some of the interesting yeah. elements of the of the uh, world and also gives you a good reason to have sought out the Tempest Guild. Well, my thought is, if, if we're all open to it, is, yeah. like I said, they don't have a name. They had these series of runes, mm. um, and someone that they met up with named them. So if I actually have an idea about who that might be, if you'll yeah, yeah. So as as you so your character actually has been here for a couple of days. When you when you went out the front to meet the rest of the group during that introduction, you've actually been in Oxenfurt for four or five days. Having seen an air of decency leave, you were able through a group known as the Harpers, a, a tiefling woman, noticing your interest, approached you. Uh, purple skin, horns with jewellery drilled through, um, introduces herself as Susurus, notices your interest in the guild, and has some questions about your location, having, from her eyes, it looks like you've kind of fallen through the portal. Given that you have no knowledge of this, no memory of this, no understanding, she sort of dismisses it a bit and says, oh, it must have been a trick of the eyes. When she understands that you want to meet up with, with Lockie, she organises a meeting and directs you to Oxenfurt. As you arrive, a ship flies overhead, a skyship, and emerging from the docks is a tall figure made of bronze, electrum, and brass, 
powered by gears covered in metal plates. Hello there, I'm Lucky. I hear you've been trying to get in contact with me. Ah, uh, this this one is is overawed by you. Not what not what we expected. You are uh, made of metal alloy, and they'll try and reach out to like. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, the patency of my electrum shell is. Oh, um, oh, oh what are you doing? Amazing, <laughs> such craftsmanship. Yes. Oh, well, I was designed by a wonderful uh, genius among the giants. What is a giant? Uh, giants <laughs> are a race, a very large race, with lots of powerful magic. Okay. <laughs> what is this one? I was going to say that you're some sort of warforged, but you appear a bit different. The runes on your body, they are appear to be giant in, in, in origin. The tall ones. Yes. Would you like to come aboard? I can introduce you to my maker, and we can see if she can figure out where you might have come from. On that thing? Yes. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yes? You are invited back aboard the Skyship, which travels very, very quickly. The Skyship is very different to the others that you've seen flying around Nostea, most of which appear to be wooden. Um, uh, yeah, mostly built of wood with, with metal plating and um, propellers to move them. This craft is all made of metal, this silvery white metal that appears very, very light and quite heat resistant. And the inside, Almost for a moment, you could have sworn it seemed a bit bigger than the outside of the craft. It's this silvery, sleek <laughs> ship flies through the air. It moves incredibly quickly, and after a few hours, you arrive at an enormous citadel, hovering high above the ground. Glass encasing the outer sections is an enormous <laughs> citadel. Welcome to the Storm's Redoubt. This is a giant castle. It is very large. It is also rather high off the ground. It is. That won't be a problem. We should be on the ground inside the castle. That took a while to compute. <laughs> how am I going with how am I going with Loki, by the way? It's always terrifying oh. to play a play a character. This is amazing. I was I was um, just about to write in chat with it. You are brought through and taken to a excuse me. A large laboratory white walls with various glasswork and metal designs that you can't even begin to comprehend cover the walls and after a few moments a woman easily 14 15 feet tall steps into the room as you are just dwarfed by her Love. she yeah thank you uh, she is she she appears to be quite young to your eyes uh, almost maybe maybe even late teenager early 20s long flowing white hair light purplish skin color and these very dark stormy almost purplish eyes as she stares down at you dressed in these long flowing white white robes with silver bands around her arms almost forming like braces with a series of wires and cables connecting the braces up her arm and to this device strapped to her back as she leans down and looks at you, she looks over at Lockie and speaks in a language that you're not familiar with. Lockie responds in kind, growing in size a little bit as she steps in as he takes on his more giant forged aspect. 
and then he reaches down and holds out a hand to you. Please step on my hands. I'm going to place you on the examination table now. Okay. <laughs> that was easy. You just step on. He lifts you up very slowly and places you on a, a large bench top. The woman, this giant woman, gives you a, a very sad smile. You can see her eyes are quite red. There's dark rings under her eyes as if she's been crying or hasn't been sleeping for some time. Loki doesn't sort of appear to, to make any comment of this, but you can see him hovering around her. Even though it probably is annoying to have a, a metal warforge just like leaning over you at all times over your shoulder, she doesn't seem to, to mind or be bothered too much by it. Hello there. I am, well, you can call me Sinmari. What is a Sumari? Uh, Sinmari is my name. Um, a, a designation used to identify me amongst my kind. Loki says that you haven't used one. Um... I have this. Yes, a series of, of, of runes that are similar to, to ours, but they appear very old, almost like a, a very ancient form of giant. Would you mind if I had a look at them? No, no, not at all. Sinmari spends the next five minutes examining you, taking notes. Well, I have the translations if you would like to read them. Will this give me a name? I, it, it, it could do. If, if you wanted to use one of these as your name, there are a number of meanings and, and uh, words that you can draw from these runes. Some of them I've been able to interpret quite easily. Some I've had to make a bit of a guess. Some of them, uh, I'm not even sure what they are. They seem to be uh, magical, arcane runes in nature, but connected to the giant's language, almost like using words to guide magic. Sorry, I, I can see that you are uh, a bit confused by this. Some of these could be your name if you would like to use one of them. She... If you will give this one one, we will um, use it. Did you have any names in mind that you wanted to use? Well, I've got the A of my where that runic name comes from. Yes. But, so it's there's eight of them. Hmm. Wish. I don't know what you were thinking, but I do have those. Well, it's up to you. I think. I think what we what we could do then is come up with a nickname for you that's easy for people to use, mm -hmm. if you'd like, or we can go with the the name that you picked. Ask, I was going to ask to roll a d8, and I've got eight eight runes. Roll a d8. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, roll yeah. a d8. Absolutely. No, no, no. Hundred percent. Oh, I'm online. How do I roll? D How do I roll again? How do I d and d? Okay. Okay. Indeed. Excuse me, Lucy. My dog's just walked in and is he's sneezing at me because I've clearly not paid her enough attention. Hey, okay. Two. Two. Okay. What's your name? It is now these. How do you spell that? Uh, N A U T H I Z. Now these. Now these. I will. Now these. Now these. Now these. Yeah. Now these. Now these. <laughs> now these. All right, I have updated that on the overlay. It should appear in a moment. Ooh. So behind the scenes, um, the the runes in the character art are Heimdall's runes. Yeah. Oh, the that's cool. Um, and so I picked one of his his other runes in the set that you that you throw. And now these uh, is one that means. What does it mean? 
just for all the nerds out there. <laughs> wow, playing D and D. Yeah, who play D and D? There's not a lot of them, it's but endurance. it means endurance. Yeah, yeah, it has. Yeah. yeah, of course you did. Yeah, endurance, survival, determination, patience, and will. Done. That is now updated. That should appear in a moment. That actually endurance works really well for your character. Just saying. Um, yeah. Yeah. Stones yeah. endurance. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Stones navies. 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 I love it. Um, awesome. That should appear in a moment on the on the overlay. Um, perfect. Yes. I'll just give it a second, and it should appear. There we go. So, um, navies. Well. That is a is a wonderful name. In the giant language, it, it relates to endurance and strength of of fortitude. Rather appropriate, given your design. You do you not mind if I ask where where you where you have come from. Your design is is unique. It is not like the other warforged we have seen since we arrived here. We were used as as guards, um, guarding hordes of treasure, wealth, deep in the mountains. Uh, so the dwarves had their own attempt to copy the giant forged designs. It makes sense the elves and humans had a go as well with the warforged. Interesting. I, I think it is a very we, elegant design made of made of stone. We had been s- sleeping for many, many years. Do you and know what awoke you? Only a few days ago. Recently. I don't understand time and Sinmari and Loki share a bit of a look a mm. very meaning laden look and then we woke Sin- oh, sorry, and we woke and our 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 mind is they were scared they were angry they destroyed they were scared of something I, I left. I I ran. That is the use of I, yes? Yes, that was very good. Uh, first person singular pronoun. Uh, very, very, very well done. Well, there is only I left, you see. Oh, you can see Lockie. Looks a bit sad. The lights behind his eyes dim ever so slightly. Sinmare sort of gives him a bit of a look, gives you a bit of a look. Yes, um, well, uh... It was very lovely to meet you. I am um, unfortunately I have uh, quite a lot I need to be doing. Um, Loki, if you could please take this one back to uh, to the guild, perhaps they would be best suited to help uh, in her. Uh, yes, uh, yes. You see, Sinmare grow quite quiet, and as she quickly moves up her sleeve and dabs at one of her eyes and moves out of the room, Loki shrinks back down to his uh, his warforged size, his his humanoid size. The, that tall one's uh, eye holes were leaking. Yes, they've been doing that a lot recently. Um, Loki kind of looks a bit lost for words almost. Well, I um, I better take you back to the guild. Can this one um, be functional at the guild? I'm not sure. It is up to you to find function now. You will have to decide and determine your own function. That is an odd concept. <laughs> the guild is a safe place to do it. Um, perhaps talking to to Azur might be good. 
Azua is very full of ideas. That is good, because I am not. <laughs> With that, Lockie gives you a nod, leads you back to the ship, and brings you back to Oxenfurt. As you are dropped off back at the guild, you're introduced to Azua, a six-foot-tall human man uh, with very, very enthusiastic affect, dressed in flowing orange robes and, and just full of life and enthusiasm, who is so excited to meet you, um, is happy to fill any silence that you leave uh, in the conversation, uh, and more importantly, is very encouraging of any anything you want to try. Uh, for the next week or so, Azua essentially tries to get you to try a whole bunch of different things. Oh, Mira no. constantly has to come and like take Azua away to get him to actually do his job in the guild, um, <laughs> which often means that you're kind of left doing these tasks for a couple of hours before Azua comes back and goes like, ah, you've dredged the entire river. Um, when I said to build a sandcastle, I was more thinking like uh, just a spore. Wow, you've done a really good job. Wow, it's incredible. Or like, oh, you've picked every fruit on the tree and the tree. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's impressive. Um, after a little bit, Mira comes and has a bit of a chat to you. Azua kind of standing behind. Hello. Um, we were thinking perhaps we might have a, a task that you could do if, if you were interested. Yes. Yes, this one loves tasks. Azua mentioned... Tasks. Yes. Um... I'm sure we'll find a way to pay back all of the people that um, Azua has had you help. You hear Azua behind make a bit of a <laughs> bit of a coughing noise. Um, yes, uh, Nauzis, um, we were wondering, you were a guard, I think you've mentioned to Azua, correct? That is right, yes. You have some martial ability? So they'll just, like, stand up, get their war pick on one side and shield on the other and just kind of go into a defensive stance just automatically does does that feel purposeful does that give you when when you when you contemplate the concept of of fighting or, or guarding or protecting does that how does that feel does that feel right is that something you would like to do this one has been thinking a lot and this one has decided that we no longer want to protect things. We want to protect people because people are amazing. You see this big <laughs> smile break across Mira's muzzle. Well, come inside. I might have something that you can do. Some people who could travel with you and you could help protect them and they could help protect you like a, like a family. How does that sound? This one needs to know what a family is, but... Um, like a squad? Like a team? We understand. <laughs> Perfect, okay. So that, that gets us... Now Now this? Now this? Now this. Now this. Um, that gets now this in very nicely. Um, alrighty. Nowdy. 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 Feels Australian now. I can definitely see like a like a little nickname like Now also popping up. Now, yeah, yeah. Now's good too. I like Now. Yeah, Now's good. Now actually works quite well. Now, everyone's like, "What? When?" No, no, Now. 
Yeah. N- Nile- Niles is definitely going to call you now. Amazing. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Alrighty. <laughs> um, in that case, then I think the easiest way to link together the two, the other, the two, the two remaining groups. Um, I almost called you Lucky. Then I'm going to have to work really hard to not call you by your previous characters' names. Tetra and Niles. In that case, then. Tetra being a Ganassi from the Elemental States, Niles, the Owl and Arakokra having oh. quite a bit to do with the trade between the two. Oh, sorry, you go, Joe. Sorry, I was just going to pop in. I think um, this is my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. I think Tetra and uh, Lyra would potentially have more um, potential to meet. Um, and I think potentially well, Niles and myself would have more potential. Is. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I might hear that. a little bit of a wrinkle in that. What was that? Sorry, uh, Michael. So I was saying where, where I was saying to Jared, wait until you hear my backstory is because because I, I see where you're coming from. But yeah. If if anything, I'd even say there's more potential for Tetra and Crisis Crassus to meet oh, given cool. Astral yeah, Elf I'm who researches things and Tetra's. Um, well, look. Okay, let's let's Tetra. Let's jump in and explore point. a little bit about what you had in mind. Yeah. So, so Crystal Ganassi are exceptionally yeah. rare for yes. a number of reasons. Exceptionally rare. We should go through a little bit about Crystal Ganassi and your backstory to give a bit of an exploration of it. Yeah. Well, um, Tetra has been around for a little bit, probably been around a bit longer than now this. Um, but she... Well, we don't know how long Nowdiz has been around for. No, we don't know. We, no, we, we, we don't, but I mean, conscious. I mean, Now's here now, but Now's okay, also yeah. been here previously. <laughs> yeah, now's, now, now's been here then. What is Now? But yeah. Now's also here now, but I'm, I'm yeah. talking about Now's now. Um, isn't God been, damn it. Hasn't been very long. It's begun. <laughs> yes. It's amazing so, when um, you know a campaign A campaign meme has already begun in session. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love it. Dice well, we'll see. Um, uh, Tetra came into um, sort of woke up inside a geode. So when Ooh. she when she came oh, wow. into, when she came into consciousness, it was arrayed around her, glittering, and glittering from from her own internal light. And then she was uncovered. That's amazing. I'm getting like a very like like almost like like a like a womb almost like mm-hmm. that sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not dissimilar, or like a thunder egg kind of. Yeah. Oh, yeah, thunder eggs. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Now, this is, you don't have to go with this at all. Like, um, it's not even, like, it's more of a joke than I was thinking. It'd be very funny if my parents found you in one of their massive adventures, brought you home. You're like my adopted, like, sibling, and they like you way more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, we don't that's have to go with brutal. it. I think that's just, I think that's just really funny. <laughs> but we don't have to do that. I thought it would just be a funny joke. That is pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Well, yeah. Did, yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we, no, we have, so, like, um, should I go and talk about what I was thinking for subclass? Or go, go, th- I think, I think we kind of know where you might be heading for subclass. I think, I think most people might have guessed, but go for it. Yeah. I think we can talk about it. It's not a problem. Cause we've kind yeah. of talked about subclass ideas for, for Lyra, for. Yeah. Claire's so, got one in mind, clearly. I have one in mind as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's impossible not to. Yeah. Just a second, like, I just got the, the phone. Yeah, I have like two in mind. The Circle of Stars, wasn't it, Michael? Yeah, it was Circle of Stars. Thank you, that's the one. That's um, okay. yeah, so, um, but the, the connection being is the glittering crystal she saw around her inside the geode, she 
was like, oh, that's cool. That's pretty. And she's looking at that and got familiar with that. And then the first time she walked out and saw the sky, it looked the same. There were, oh, there, nice. were patterns, there were patterns inside the geodes that mapped themselves. To the constellations the above. Okay, I can see now where we might be. <laughs> so there is potential for you two to have so potentially because yeah. because obviously being being so with with your ganassi origin it's because of the the way in which ganassi have been created through the release of elemental energy in the elemental states as a result of that magical accident that magical explosion um probably that's that general geographic area is where you would have been uncovered tetra I'm going to say then that potentially let's let's go a little bit with what Jared was saying with um, Krasis's parents maybe traveling to that area for research, hearing about a strange formation of crystal clusters around the area, went to go explore. You'd already been uncovered by this point, or maybe they uncover you, but you are a fully grown adult inside this, inside this structure. Does that work with wow. you, Michael? Yeah. And yeah. so, or maybe actually, maybe even let's make it more recent. How how recently did you want to have been uncovered? Fairly recently, a couple of weeks, months, maybe. Okay, yeah. I'm actually going to say, Crasis, this was your first opportunity to um, go and do something by yourself. Your summer camp dig. <laughs> this is this is this is your opportunity to. So you've you'd heard about this this strange cavern. In the elemental states, towards the borders of the elemental states, this series of network of crystal, crystalline structures that seem to have an odd resonance with with magic, and also seem to have an odd, res an odd resonance with moonlight, only lighting up when the sky outside is dark. That kind of interests you. That could be a new discovery. There could mm. be something there to, to discover. And I 100% will be looking for things like this, like trying to get the drop on them. I've probably yeah. taken off. Maybe I probably should have brought like a retinue of people, but... I want to be the one to claim it. Yeah. yeah you right. don't want to share the glory. <laughs> no, I'm going to traveling traveling to the elemental states pretty much by yourself. This is probably the first time you've had to be out and about without your parents. You're book smart, you're not street smart. Um, no. <laughs> the guide that you hire um like you, you think you've paid up front for like a week's worth of like guide they tell you that after the first day, it's like, oh no, that was a day. And you're like, well, I don't have enough money with me then. And they go, oh, that's a shame. And then leave you there at <laughs> the entrance to these caverns. <laughs> um, this rather brutal fire ganassi is like, oh, that's a shame, isn't it, mate? <laughs> and wanders off. And you're sort of left there like with a pick, a pith helmet, and not really any experience caving. <laughs> no. <laughs> Traveling um, down. Yes, no, this would be fine. This is, this yeah. is good. No onwards i guess traveling down into the caves at first you're quite apprehensive to go down there at night but the cavern itself is well illuminated it is bright it is oh that's a gorgeous puppy man. Just, just looking so cute Aww, man it's so big she came to say hello guys oh stream puppy hey, puppy hello oh. <laughs> i love i love that blank expression dogs give when you're like you're trying to engage with them and they're just like what what? Yeah. <laughs> As they just stare at you with their like cold dead eyes. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay, I couldn't resist with their with their lovely like warm, expressive eyes, but also That's a bit better. confused because they're like, I don't know what you're asking. <laughs> yeah. Um. As as you head down to the caves, yeah, you're a bit apprehensive at first. 
not really having had much experience traversing through caves in the dark. But the caves themselves yeah. are not cramped and tight. They're actually quite large and expansive. And the glow from the crystal veins through the walls is enough to light up and let you pass through. The caverns seem deep. In fact, as you as you head a bit deeper, you can almost see this, like, on the borders and through some of the cracks, what looks to be this massive pit down in the very center where earth and stone has been liquefied and pushed out in waves away from this thing. And after a few probably minutes of examining this, you realize it almost looks like an impact site. You've seen impacts, asteroid impacts Ooh, nice. in Nostea before. This almost looks a little bit similar. I can see Michael smiling. I'm assuming I'm on the right track. Oh yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah, you've almost, you've seen these before. As you begin heading down, the crystals seem to grow much thicker and much more expansive throughout the caverns. That glow persistent as you head darker and deeper down. As you reach the bottom of the open chasm, this rift that's opened up on this impact site, you see a massive stone boulder, huge, with light shining from cracks in its surface. This beautiful blue purple almost like an ultraviolet light shining from inside this thing if you had known about radiation you probably wouldn't have approached but you don't <laughs> so you know <laughs> no, no, no. as you because well, it's a like in our worlds if you see anything glowing don't go near it um That's in magic fair. worlds though absolutely go go touch it um yeah as, as you as you approach and begin looking through yeah, Ali's like, yeah, constitution save. I need a constitution save for uh, radiation sickness. Um, DC yeah. 5. <laughs> um, DC was 30. Um, this thing is uh, CC oh, wow. 147, so that's not going to go well for you now. Um, as you. As you approach this, this large stone boulder and begin examining it, this loud crack echoes through the center. And you watch as this line etches itself along the stone. Okay. Um, I'll sort of, I will probably be taken aback by that and I'll sort of probably stumble backwards, gather myself, stand back up, um, and I'll start sort of scanning, I'll start walking around it, around the sides, and just sort of having a bit of a, I guess, scanning it, looking to see if it's still, if the structure itself is still, if it's going to crack any further. Look for anything that's sort of going on there, I guess. Could you make me an investigation check? Now, I probably would have good investigation, but I don't currently... Have a background I would, We're well, going to go through backgrounds, don't worry. I haven't skills or anything yet, so... Yeah, no, that's fine. If it's just plus three for now, so it's ten. Ten. As you, yeah. as you look at this thing, you get the distinct impression that these crystals that you're finding, there's probably more inside this thing. It resembles a geode or a thunder egg. Okay. Items that you've probably seen and, and had heard of before. Some some spells actually use geodes in their um, composition. But this is a massive one. We're talking sort of 20 feet across. There must be a lot of crystals inside this thing. Awesome. Okay. Um, now I have... Yeah, no. You'd have a pick with you at this stage if you, you hold back the pick and crack it down, trying to sort of open up. With this hiss of air, the geode cracks open, almost as if it's pressurizing or, or letting out air. You're not sure which. 
where the air is going in or out as this sound echoes through the chamber. And as the geode cracks in half, the light shines even brighter. And for a moment, you have to close your eyes and turn away. And then as the light slowly dims, you see lying. Semi-fetal position, Michael? What do you reckon? Yeah. Yeah, sort of slightly curled up is a woman. Grayish, purplish, blue skin. Hair, this crystalline purple color with crystals actually growing out through her hair and across her body in various points and a few cracks in her body revealing this gemstone within and she sort of Um, turns and looks up at you (laughs) well that was unexpected i will honestly like because i've went on a lot of these little adventures and they've never they've all fizzled out (laughs) Um, you've never found anything like no. ever it's all been a disaster Honestly, when you talk to me i just look at you i have shock on my face like i am i am speechless i don't say anything to your first like it's almost like you've got it here you're you're waving your hand in front of me i'm just like mouth slightly agape is, is, I, there, I, I, is there anyone in there tap on your head i sort of get stunned <laughs> It like almost reverberates through me because I'm that rigid. Uh, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> what? Now I. What are you? Oh, I. Pleased to meet you as well, I suppose. Um, um. I. Well, I, I. I guess I'm a tetra. I smack myself. Night. I smacked myself to make sure it's not a dream. Sure, sure. It hurts as you sure. suck yourself. <laughs> you take eight poop points and die. <laughs> Don't <No>. tempt me. <laughs> Shit. Um, <clears throat> oh, sure, sure. Lovely, <clears throat> lovely to meet you. Um, my name is Crassus Antares. Right. Um, I, I can't. Do you have any recollection of why you're here? What what happened? Do you not, know? Not a lot. I'm um, just been here for a while. Um, I was sleeping for a bit. I think I woke up at some stage. I think that might have been my intervention. I you were in this crystalline structure, and I used wow. this pickaxe here to. It, it cracked, and then I wanted to discover what was inside, and I found you. My my crystals are inside. Just a second, I'm just gonna just gonna lean over. I'm just gonna pick up um one crystal about this about this size <laughs> and put it in a pocket. And this is another little one. Now there Actually, is there is one question I have to I'm ask. Any clothes, so uh, she's just gonna yeah, are of- you clothed? You're not clothed, no. are you? No. So yeah, collect a couple of crystals and then. Um, oh, if you're not clothed, I would have no. to take my robe off and put it over you to like. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what like obviously a crystal genocide has. I don't know. Oh no, what. Tetra. Tetra looks like a naked woman. Okay, you know I 100 percent put my robe <laughs> over Tetra. Um, oh, um, I start looking away as I realize what I'm seeing, and I like start looking away and not like staring. So definitely get the robe around. 
Well, thank you. And she'll have a drape over her shoulders. Then she'll just touch one little um little stone, and it's the one that flies out and starts opening. And she turn around. It's a little colder out here, isn't it? Um, it's the middle of the night, actually. I I didn't really have. Well, everything was was fine. Like I, I planned everything and mapped it out, but um, I'll be honest, I got a little bit giddy. So I came forth here. I shouldn't have went into the cave at night. But um, do you know where you are? I guess I'll give you the rundown. You're on the plain of Nostea. Have you, are you have you heard of this plain before? Um, I mean, I, I like I think so. There's something something about it in my uh, in my crystals back there. It's. It's got a. Is it a, a center point? With things around it? Um, no, it's a it's a plane. Um, there's many different planes throughout. Sort of, I guess what is it, throughout the universe? Owen, is that what it is? Or yeah, yeah, you can use um, throughout the yeah universe works. Okay, uh, um, to, to, to skip because I I don't hundred percent know how to RP this next bit, but That's to skip over what she actually does know is she's aware of Nostea and how, and sort of where it is. Um, and sort of, uh, and a bit, a bit of how the planes lock together. How she comes across this knowledge is, is just sort of in her. It's not like she's learnt it from somewhere. She just understands that Nostea is, oh, it's this planet here. It's got this other body that spins around it there. And there's, you know, there's things and people that live on it. It's like, she's some, she's from a foreign place, but she's not like, yeah, there's, yeah. there's some local knowledge, including language, which seems to have been imprinted upon her. Yeah. Like she's talking to you in common. Yeah. So that's a good point, actually. Yeah. Um, well, well, yes. Um, let's, how do you, know our language have you been able to study it before study no i just got yeah, nothing. books i bring out like a bunch of books i have uh you will notice that like i quickly hide one uh it looks like a sort of more of a romantic novel <laughs> a light a light novel <laughs> it's one of those like corny light novels yeah, nice. <laughs> love it. Maid. <laughs> it's not that <laughs> it's, it's tabaxi like wants a, a wife <laughs> It had like a, it had like sort of like a, a, a sort of massive man, like sort of like doing a heroic pose and a woman sort of like looking up at him, sort of thing. Like I don't know, like so those Mills and Boone books and stuff. The the Goliaths, was it, let's call it like the Goliaths, really, really corny like that. romance, like <laughs> heart of stone, heart of stone, and it's a Goliath on the front, like standing there with his yeah. like. So I, I hide it real quick because I don't want him to see that, her to see that. Which is hilarious yeah. given that you've like cracked into like a literal heart of stone. And yeah. <laughs> um, oh my goodness. Well, we're definitely, I'm definitely going to have to like write sections of this book and then have it appear at various points throughout the well, campaign. No, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be collecting these books throughout the campaign too. I need to make like... a few then. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, thank I'll you for the heads up. up for you, Owen. Okay. Thank you. So she'll sort of hold it up by just its cover and let the rest of the book dangle and just be like, No, no, please don't do that. No, 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 please. No, no, don't dangle it. It's, um, that is quite priceless. It's, yeah, I, I, please. 
Okay. Uh, I'll probably take it off Tetra and sort of like look at it again, like hold it, like <laughs> check the pages and like make sure everything's clean and. <laughs> wow. Oh, I, love, I love it when the druid and the wizard get together. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm trying to play like a serious character, but he has like a lot of <laughs> like these little things that just pierce the seriousness. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I don't know how much I'm going to learn from that, but um, I just I don't know things, you know? I can do things, you know? Well, well do you have. Do you have a drive to do anything? Is there, Do you want to get out into the world and explore? Well, yeah, sure. There's a lot out there I haven't seen. Well, perfect. Um, I have to go back to the Unseen University for a time, but I, 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 there is these guilds, these adventuring guilds that are in the world, and I, I've sort of been showing some interest in them lately, building a bit of a name for myself. Uh, I, I, tend, I have a, my parents... They're quite famous, and I've always lived in their shadow. So, would you like to come along? She looks around the cave, and back at her sundered geode. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Perfect. Got to get anything better else to do? <laughs> I can try, all right. Try crawling back in 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 my uh, in my bed here, but I I don't think it'll be as comfortable as it was before. I mean, we can try and take it with us if you like, and then I start like, like futilely, like trying to pull it. <laughs> it weighs a lot more than what you're ever mm-hmm. going to be able to carry. Maybe, maybe, um, Grosser Strongheart from your light novel could have picked it up, but <laughs> not you. Um, actually, yeah, that, that was I was a bit too hasty there. That I don't think we can bring that with us. I, I think I've got the important parts anyway. Perfect. Um, well. Yes, I guess we should get going. And I just start walking off to the Unseen University. It's like pitch. It's like night time. It is not. It is not the time to do it. But you make I it back to. Like, you make it back to the elemental states. Um, specifically, you make it back to Dromethion, um, the capital city. Charter a ship back, an airship back. I mean, you've probably already got passage for one person back already. The rest of your funds are used to get Tetra back and also buy her some clothes. Um, <laughs> Good. Yeah. <laughs> she hasn't seen mine so far, but yeah. No. She doesn't seem to worry um, about it. What I will so ask, though, the Ganassi's reaction. No, I, oh, so no. when okay. we when we leave the crystal crystalline caverns and we go into, into the night sky and we see like the, the galaxy yeah. looking at us and the stars, what is Tetra's hmm. response to that? That's a very well, good question. At first, at first, she's sort of awestruck and she, she's just staring at the sky for a while. Well, that's funny. Just start tracing patterns in the sky, and and, and as as she does, you see that um, as her arms and her hands are moving around, and as as she does as well, um, little glints seem to come off as if the crystals are focusing something. Right. That you're not entirely sure what the origin of it is, but might be the stars. Are you tracing constellate? Like I, I would almost be looking at you yeah. tracing and be like, "Yeah, like, actually, sitting yeah, there in- yeah, she's she's perfectly tracing the constellations." Yeah. I'll be in wonderment too because, like, I've studied this like astro elf. Like, I'll probably look yeah. and be like, "Do you know what you're doing?" Well, I'm reading. I'm I, I pull out I pull out some books I have on constellations <laughs> and stuff, um, and I'll probably start showing you like 
you know, you're doing this, this, and this. And, and what is? No, I'm not. That, that's it's up there. Don't worry about those. It's up there. <laughs> um, <laughs> I put the book away and I take in the moment with Tetra and I look at the night sky with a maybe get away from maybe Tetra is good there for me because I can pulls me away from the books and gets me actually looking at the night sky and I will point out Antares, which is a star like for our world but Owen if you're more than happy to you can have it as a prominent star in this world as well I don't know yeah quite a quite a bright star in the night sky yeah if you know where to look Mm. so I pointed out to Tetra as well and go oh yes that's our namesake up there for my family I guess it'd be it'd be a very cinematic beautiful moment that the two share staring up in the night sky yeah your journey back to Oxenfurt um, you get a bit of a chance to know and understand each other. The differences that kind of separate you and make you unique actually kind of offset your individual uh, neuroticisms in a way. Uh, for Krasis, who is very much like focused on, on knowing and understanding things, Tetra kind of brings you out of your head and makes you appreciate the moment. For Tetra, who has no understanding of social norms and accepted <laughs> behaviours within the, the, the world... Your social anxiety that you have about like people not paying you enough attention compared to your parents, or like people people ignoring you for your parents, has kind of like taught you how to blend in and, and how to like dress and how to understand and read social currents. You were able to kind of use that to help guide Tetra to not just walk around like nude, for example, <laughs> in the city. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think um, I'll definitely like let her have my coke cloak until um, we get. <laughs> <laughs> also, like this white powder that you brought with you for some reason. We went via the gnomes. <laughs> they provided us with some excellent <laughs> alchemical <laughs> creations. <laughs> what was that? I, know, but, um, I said, if you're going to give drugs to the druid, this is going to be a great campaign. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I'd definitely let her have my cloak. And then when we get to Del- um, Dramethion, I imagine looking at like Tetra's like garp, it almost looks very similar to what they probably have in the elemental states. So, yeah, so arriving um, back in the elemental states, um, for the most part, Tetra is just mistaken for another Earth Ganassi. Um, an Earth Ganassi yeah. tailor that you um, take her to is very happy to outfit her with the very traditional Earth Ganassi robes. Um, the colours that Tetra chooses are much more blues, much more like the water Ganassi, and the Earth Ganassi is happy to make the, the adjustments to the cloth and, and fit it. Um, but this this coloration and choice of colours with the whites and the blues and the azures really kind of highlights the crystalline nature of, of Tetra. Um, and you do notice a few Earth Ganassi sort of whispering and looking at her as you pass through, but none of them make any attempt to approach you or, or have any conversation. They're more just curious as they see Tetra. Arriving back in Oxenfurt, uh, knowing and, and sort of learning from Tetra that Tetra has some some magic that she doesn't really understand how she uses. Whereas you're a scholar, all of your magic has come from study and training. Probably there's an interest there for you to kind of understand how Tetra's magic works. And so, spending a bit of time getting to know her, you realize very quickly that if you present Tetra to your parents or to the world right now you know your parents are going to take credit for it. They're going to be the ones who claim they understand her magic. They're going to overshadow you once again. You have to keep Tetra's nature for the moment. Someone else could still steal this discovery from you. You don't understand her enough. You don't understand her magic enough. You don't understand how who she is, where she comes from enough. Now's not the time to reveal Tetra. You know that 
taking her to your parents now is just going to give them cause to take control of this research like they have everything else in your life and <laughs> and, and I think there's credit. also I think because Crassus I'm playing serious it doesn't mean he's going to be like an arsehole he's like yeah. a very he has like a kind soul so I think there's also probably a part of him that like being with Tetra and mm. like getting to know her I think the the, the 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 thrill of like the discovery aspect of things I think Dell's a bit because I think he's like doesn't want to put that on Tetra living person not some yeah well what I discovered or... is a like you said conscious conscious living mm. person and I think I'll just be I think I would lose interest in the discovery angle and almost like just leave Tetra as their own person not to be proked and prodded yeah and maybe that's what helps kind of drive you towards the guilds, like knowing that your last expedition went surprisingly well, but given that you were kind of left alone out of the caves, it maybe dawns on you how potentially you could have been in a lot more danger than having people to back you up. Maybe yep. spending time with Tetra kind of teaches you, ah, oh, maybe having other people to help back me up is not a bad idea. I mean, there, there, I think it's also just... There was this one time when you um, were traveling back over that someone was about to rip you off. And she's like, that doesn't seem right. I don't think this one's being quite honest with us. And the um, the little stone that circles around her just starts going a little bit quicker and a little bit quicker. And she's like, you sure you're not going to give us something fairer than that? Uh, make me a persuasion check. <laughs> yes, the charisma. Yeah, charisma. Mm, charisma, oh no. <laughs> Let's go. Good. There we go. Oh, not bad considering the, the older human merchant who you were buying um, supplies off gives a bit of a pause alright alright call your stone off fine. Ah. fine yes I can go a little bit cheaper if that's what you're looking for I just try to make a living like bah um, and he lowers his price by a couple of a couple of silver cool um, but yeah, I think I was thinking about this too, like working, like traveling with Chetra, like realizing it's not about the discovery. It's about like, this is a person I'm in front of me. Like, I think it makes sense. Maybe when I went to the cave, I was eight wisdom and that explains why I'm 10 wisdom now. I've matured a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like that. That's cool. Alrighty. Let's get our last two lovely members. So how can we link Niles and Lyra? Um, Niles being a merchant or from a mercantile noble family within the Owlin group, being an Oxenfurt makes a lot of sense. Oh, I wonder... Okay, I've got an idea. Tell me how this sounds for you. So Niles, using this excuse to come to Oxenfurt to further your family's interest here, maybe they have no presence in Oxenfurt yet. This is one of the big things that they're working up towards. And you offer to kind of go to scout ahead, get a bit of an idea about what the landscape is like whether there's a chance for your family to get their claws into this particular area of the market, their talons into this area of the market, um, you go to check out the markets, obviously being a, a vibrant place where a number of merchants work and you know that it's a good chance to meet some people, get some names, get an idea of who the connections are that you want to be talking to, maybe find some suppliers who can help out your family with their trading. And as you're there, you are looking through an area of it looks to be sort of alchemical ingredients and potions over this end of the uh, of the sea ship dock 
And as you're as you're sort of finishing up talking to this this lovely Tabaxi gentleman who promises you that his his trading group are one hundred percent legit. We can get you any goods that you need. Just don't ask too many questions about where they come from. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> My God, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay. <laughs> One more time. One more time, please, Matt. <laughs> Podcast listeners, everyone's crying. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, the tabaxi is tabaxi holds out a holds out a paw, shakes your hands. Yes, just don't ask too many questions about where we get them from. Okay. But anything you need, anything you need, you just you just send. I will get it for you. If if you have if you want things that other people have, you just tell us. And we will. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna put my I'm gonna put my drama skills to use now, and I am not no. gonna react. Um, Niles is just looking at this Tabaxi, um, unblinking and just like nodding along. And, and yeah, that and definitely hooting. makes and, and, and hooting a little bit, like in like agreeance. <laughs> Definitely after a few moments of like this unblinking like headlight stare from <laughs> Niles's <laughs> eyes, which are about twenty percent of your entire face. So it's quite yeah, a large yeah. portion <laughs> of your face is eye. Tapaxi sort of like lets go of your hands. I, I must close up shop now. The pleasure to meet you. And he pulls down the the lint uh, sorry the, the the lining of this particular store closing it shut which caused you to kind of stumble back a bit and as you stumble back you your wings bump into someone behind you and, and knock them uh lyra oh pardon, you know pardon, pardon, pardon me uh, hi uh ooh, uh ooh, uh no all, all good all good uh i think no no harm done she stands up and dusts herself off a few spores kind of like fall off you as you as you dust Seems to be covered in that uh, substance. I was just, I was just looking at it before. Um, it's a low charisma. You seem to be covered in a substance, strange woman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what is Ooh, that? Wait, like, uh, I mean, I, I just fell on the ground. So, um, I mean, it, it's possibly just a. Uh, oh, oh, wait, no, you mean oh, this? No. And like, she just like I mean, takes her arms. <laughs> oh. You need this, right? Wow. Yes, I was, I was just looking at that for, for, for. Uh, well, I was, I was just looking into what it, what it is, whether or not it is something that my, my family may want to buy. I, I am not, I am not that well versed <laughs> in in such uh, substances. Um, but it seems intriguing to me. Perhaps you can tell me a little bit more about uh, this uh, fungus. Never change, Matt. Never change. You're absolutely right. It is fungus. Um, oh. uh, I mean, oh. it's it's probably not. Uh, I don't think it's something that I would be willing to sell or that you'd really be willing to buy. I mean, it's not really produced in like industrial quantities. I don't think. And you know, it's sort of. I think we like in industrial quantities. <laughs> Could you like make it into some sort of medicine that that you could give to people? 
because I believe that would be quite quite good. My family are looking at a way of perhaps making a little bit of extra income, and we've been looking looking into something along these lines. I, I wouldn't use the spores themselves. I mean, they're um, you, I mean, they're, they're kind of active, but like they don't really have a lot of the stuff that you're interested in. Um, what you can do, however, is use the spores to grow more mushroom fruiting bodies, which can produce oh. all the uh, the stuff that you like. Like, um, I mean, oh. I I do have one that's uh, a little bit fun, and she sort of reaches into her pocket that's uh, attached on her hip and pulls out a particular mushroom um, that oh. I uh, found in the um, in Fey Wilds and. <laughs> It's, I, I've tested this. It is particularly hallucinogenic. And she found this in <laughs> we're just, the We're just committing to this now, are we? Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what are you doing with the mushroom? Did you throw it at me or? No, no, no. no. Uh, thrust it. I just like, you know, just, you know. It's, it's the, the words she used, Matt, are, Try this one. It's particularly hallucinogenic. Yeah. <laughs> Niles' Niles's head, like, like, immediately, like, sort of recoils back. And it's, um, he like his body doesn't really move, but his head like goes backwards. It's a bit odd. Um, ah, wow. you found that in in the Feywilds? That is, um, there's a lot to talk about there. Um, are, are you from the Feywild? Yes and no. I mean, I was kind of in the Feywilds, and then I I don't really know where this body came from, but oh, my wow. original one wasn't from the Feywilds. This is strange. Um, that is not normal. Um, As you're talking to her, Niles, <laughs> you finally notice a badge. Not oh. well, not in display on her chest, just probably on, what would you say, where would Lyra wear her badge of the Tempest Guilds? On like a shoulder or on a bag, maybe attached to a bag? Attached to the bag. It depends on how far her chest PC kind of um, chitin extends. As far as you, as far as you want. Yeah, pro- probably on the bag then, because it's probably mm. sort of almost shoulder to shoulder. Like, sort of, it'd be either be stuck like up the top on the fabric or. Um... Yeah, yeah, Niles. Mm. There's a symbol that you know very well. She's she has a badge of the Tempest Guild just just on her on her bag. Um, make, Niles, make the noise. Niles like Niles. Matt, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um, Niles's like plumage gets like real ruffled. And he's just like, <laughs> is that? Are you? Are you a member of the Tempest Guild? Fanboy uh, coming. Can I just say that yeah. this is this is the setup I was kind of going for when you bumped into her, rather than like, oh, I wonder if I could could my family buy the substance that flakes <laughs> off your skin. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest, did not see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ali, please continue. Please continue. They found me. They they what? They found you? Sorry, I mean, there was like a gem, and then I was stuck in it for a while, and then Lucky, uh, he was carrying around the gem, and then oh. he finally got me out. I mean, it was only after Lucky? a bit of time, but yeah. <laughs> you mean the warforged? The hero? Of the temp, wow! I would love to meet him. I'm a big yeah. fan. I mean, I've yeah. heard of your tales in my travels. I've I've relayed this information to to my family, to my house. Uh, I would. Uh, your escapades are well known throughout the land at this point. This, you you are quite the celebrities. I don't think I've been some escapades. I mean, uh, we're oh. we're really nearby. I mean, if you you can come with me. 
I mean, Mira, 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 Mira's been uh, recommending that I make friends. I mean, Mira! <laughs> Can I just oh say, God. I'm going to make a prediction. This character is going to break me as a dungeon master. <laughs> I love it. I'm in a completely different direction to I what I said. <laughs> I really you were so love. I know. It's just sort of. No, do you know what though? Do you know what though? I reckon that's Niles panicking and being like, oh. "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is." Niles wasn't expecting to see like for this to happen. This, this is completely like caught him off guard. And you've probably now had like a week to compose yourself as well yeah. <laughs> to get it in control. Oh my yeah. god, please carry on. Just wait until he meets everyone else, though. Zua! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're, if you're offering, that would be, that would be fantastic. I, I, would, I would love to check out the, the, the guild hall and. Oh. Sure, absolutely. And before uh, I think they've even finished like accepting that they're coming, I have grabbed him by the hand or claw talon arm thing and is full on like sprinting as fast as I can like just to the please be careful Um, I I don't want to my claws are quite sharp I don't want to hurt you occasionally your wings just like slap someone in the face as you go past because they're like folded up but they don't fully fold against your body so you've got these like two folded wings so as Lyra pulls you poof you just occasionally like slap someone in the face with your wings and says oh oh my as you like run past sorry Niles is quite um, like quite lanky like I feel like he's a very thin sort of life build but his wings are like a bit big like like slightly oversized so yeah he'd be like not like as you as lyra runs you through the streets you pass by a uh, almost colliding with this cart um filled with these various colored beans as lyra just runs past you hear this person go beans lyra's like i already had one and it keeps powering past oh, as, you, as you just get pulled pulled by um as as lyra brings you to the front of the guild hall I mean, Niles, you've walked past this place probably three or four times since arriving today. (laughs) Wow. I can't believe I get to see inside. This is, wow, this is such an honor. It's much bigger than um, it it was when I first saw it. You would have seen it in the beginning then, when it was, oh, wow, an original member. Of course. You should, you should, you should, you should, I would love, love to hear. Uh, as you reach, is this how you join the Tempest Guild? You just like, <laughs> <laughs> for adventures. As you, yeah, he's just, he's just an owl who like moves in. <laughs> he's just like, he's just there. And then anytime anyone asks him a question, he's just like, mm, with his like big eyes staring people down, kind of unnerves yeah. people. So they're like, ah, oh, yes, Niles, whatever you want. I uh, know. As um. As, as Lyra pulls you in, um, you see sort of sitting, resting, like eating a bit of food, like fork half up to the mouth. As Lyra just barges in, dragging you behind. Um, you mm-hmm. see Leosin, uh, <laughs> brother of Azua, who's like there, like going like, ah, ah, hello. Hello, Lyra. Who, who's your friend? Uh, uh, Az- uh, Azua? I met him in the markets. Wow. A pleasure to meet you. Uh, Such Leosin. an honor to be in this hall. Uh, Leo, I'm, I'm Azua's brother. It's okay. We look very similar. Um, oh, oh heavens! Oh, I'm so sorry. I've, I've only heard. I, I must have got my information mixed up. I've been on the road for some time. Oh, uh, apologies. Uh, my name is Niles Silverwind. At your service. Uh, uh, Niles, uh, nice, nice to meet you. 
Lyra, did you say you met this man in the market? <laughs> yes, he ran into me, and well, I, yeah, I guess I guess kind of fell down, but yeah, he ran into me. He seemed very nice. And you've and you, he sort of like gives you a bit of a look and a smile, and then goes, just puts an arm around you, Lyra. Leans in and goes, and, and you just you just brought him back. Uh, who who is this person? <laughs> <laughs> Very nice person. <laughs> <laughs> Matt. Matt is looking around like an owl. Really, really well done. It's just like eyes wide open, not moving his eyes, just moving his head. It's actually impressive. It's harder to do than you think. Really impressed with your ability to do that. <laughs> Oh, this is, I think, like, I thought Yerveth was, like, your, your, like, soul character. No, 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 I was wrong. Niles is the creature that lives deep within you. <laughs> you let out oh, yeah. every Wednesday night for a couple of hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, sorry, so Ali, please continue. I'm so hideous. I forgot where I was going with that. That's <laughs> fair. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> lovely, uh... And yeah, it expressed a lot of interest in, in uh, the guild, um, and then I thought it would be a really nice thing to bring them here because they seem cool. Uh, sure. Um, well, he seems to be quite a fan of the, the guild. Does he, I mean, Mira's not here right now. She's uh, she's out meeting up with uh, with Lockie and uh, and Jin. Um, but Azua's out the back doing some some training. Does he want to go say hi? to Azua. <laughs> As you're like, your owl ears just like flick over and like focus in. Hey, you didn't get excited about Jin. That perfectly lined up with the gift that I put in the chat. Yeah. In the Discord chat or the Facebook chat? Facebook chat. Facebook. I'll have to make sure we share it on the Discord. Um, uh, yes, uh, my brother uh, Azua is uh, is outside doing some. Uh, some uh, Carter, I think, some sort of like movement. Oh, well. Azur gonna... is the, the mastermind of all of this. I, I must meet him. <laughs> you see, Theosin kind of like rolls his eyes a bit. <laughs> he's like, ah, uh, when he's properly guided, yes, Azur is is very. He's an inspirational figure. Yes, <laughs> um, Lyra, if you want, to, I'm just going to finish my uh, my lunch. If you wanted to take uh, Niles Silverwind. Yeah, yes. I'll, I'll go take him to interest. He's, he's, uh, if I go see a dude, he's not going to chase me out of the storage shed with the broom again, is he? Uh, I mean, there's uh, only if... a few mushrooms. Just a few. It's the perfect spot. I can't comment on what... The, I, if you, it, Look, uh, let me put it this way. If I catch you growing mushrooms in my room again, uh, there will be a conversation that we need to have about this. <laughs> oh. And it's just, just so dark and waste, and there's just the we've, right amount of light. We've given you the basement. That is enough. Contain yourself, please, to the basement with your mycelium <laughs> activities. He's a boxer. Well, uh, Niles, shall we go see Azur? I, he may or may not chase you with a broom uh, if you grow mushrooms in the storage shed. I would, I would, I would hope not. That would be. I'd, I'd, I don't want to get on the. The, the end of a broom from Azua. Be, Genuinely be thought awful. you were going to say it'd be an honor to be chased with a broom by <laughs> such a noble soul. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't want to get on his bad side. I don't want to. I just, I just have to compose myself a little bit. So, uh, I want to make a good impression. It's a nice meeting you, Leo. Uh, nice, nice meeting you too. <laughs> enjoy, your, enjoy your meal. 
Thank you. I'm already gone through the door. (laughs) (laughs) Niles, as you follow Niles, as you follow Lyra outside, the first thing that strikes you is Azua standing right in front of you. The second thing that strikes you is the kata that Azua's doing, you know it. The series of moves and and um and uh, movements that he's performing, it's it's a complex but early taught sequences of moves to help strengthen focus monks in their training. Your master taught you this as well. That is uh, the uh, the nerves sort of fade away a little bit as as Niall sees this and goes, "Ah, such an elegant form." You, uh, Azua doesn't seem to well, have noticed. Continues through the movements, carrying on. Azua, you may have to throw something at him to get his attention. That's what I usually do. He doesn't like it very much. Um. Niles is just gonna like kind of like keep it like a bit of a distance and then sort of like watch Azua and like so try and like copy some of the moves a little bit. Okay, I mean as you as you start to do the kata and, and begin to perform it, before too long, like your nerves have kind of frayed. That the this sequence is something you do to help focus your mind and focus your body as a monk, and soon you kind of fall into it. And before too long, you fall into step with Azua moving with him as you as you both complete the kata. As you both end on the final movement, hands raised, a very light glow surrounding Azua's fists and hands. You sort of like look over and you see his eyes are no longer closed. He's looking at you with this big, beaming smile on his face. Ah, you know the modern cutter as well. Amazing. Yes, yes, I am I'm well versed in it. I, I did not realize that you were a practitioner, Azua. Sorry, where are my manners? I am Niles Silverwind. Um, Pleasure to meet you. It seems you already know my name. I'm Azua. It's lovely to meet you. That was a brilliant sequence you were doing there. I can see you've you've practiced it and perfected it. Oh, no, no, not me. No, I'm I'm but a simple servant. I I, I dabble here and there. I... Uh, but I am not as versed as some of my uh, as my masters. Um, no, 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 no. You you have a gift. I can see it. You are, you have a, a strong a strong fist and a noble heart as you perform this. It was very it was it was wonderful to watch. I could could see that you were you were following in step with me. I think I, 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 I where did you learn these these techniques? Uh, well, um, I, I represent a, uh, a house Silverwind. We, we are a, an owl in enclave. Um, a little bit isolated, uh, and I've, I've come out into the world to sort of uh, uh, spread our, our name and, and, and reinforce some of our political ties here in, in the city. But that's that's besides the point. I'm, I'm really just a big fan. I, I, I've, I've wanted to come to the Night Elf for some time, and well, I met Lyra in the market, and one thing led to another, and now I'm here. <laughs> Azua puts a hand on your shoulder and looks deep into your your eyes. Are you, are you happy? Are you doing something you want to do, or do you feel a calling to a higher purpose, Snows? Um, well, I mean, I, I, I enjoy serving my house and, and making sure that their needs are met, um, but... But yes, I, I do feel a longing, something missing. Don't quite know what it is, but... 
It's a taste Perhaps. of adventure, Niles. That's what you need. You need adventure. Ah, adventure? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming a second before he did it. Oh, God. Oh, indeed. You, you need adventure, Niles. We're, we're putting together a team. I'm, I'm, do you have a resume that I can hand to Mira when she gets back? A, 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 a team? With Lyra. Oh, with, oh, um, yes, of course. I, I, I have my, my credentials ready at any point. Um, any good servant <laughs> needs their credentials ready for any type of work that might be needed. You, you uh, need to mention are? that. When you meet Mira, you need to mention that to her <laughs> and you need to do exactly what you just did because for me, I'm like, well, that's fine. But, but if you do that for Mira and you just pull out, do you have a business card? Uh, um, uh, Make a uh, card. Make a card. Okay. When you next yes, see her, I, I, have a card ready. Hand her a card. Um, House of the Wind should have some. Um, I could maybe get some. No, 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 no. Make I, your card. Oh, uh, my card. Ah. Um, <laughs> I didn't have to do that put, before. Just get like a piece of paper, right? Nile Silverwind Adventurer on it, and then hand it to her. I promise you, she'll love it. But I, I heard Mira was into tea as well. Um, I was maybe thinking I would make her some tea and then give her the card. Is, do you think that would work? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, she loves tea. Ah, I was right. Good. Yes, I'll I'll prepare some for That'll be good. And you just bumped into you just bumped into this 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 wonderful owl in the market, Lyra. Yeah. Well, I mean, he he bumped into me. I was definitely not in the markets looking for more spores. No, definitely not. Um, I sense I the tides of and... fate weaving us and pushing us together. I'm sure this this was meant to be. You coming here was no accident. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear lord <laughs> he literally felt like came with me and everything this isn't going to be a serious campaign is it <laughs> here i am thinking i came to this place for some, for some fungus i mean no offense lara your fungus is 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 rather intriguing but the taste of adventure Ah, to further the name of House Silverwind. This is, this is right. This is good. I'm excited. Mm. With that, Azua very, very excitedly takes you on a little bit of a tour of the Night Hall, introduces you to some of the other people who are residing there. Howls Under the Earth, the tabaxi who's currently uh, the blacksmith of the <laughs> guild, um, introduces <laughs> you to... Professor Griswold, a uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for podcasts, this is Matt's doing this like very happy open mouth smile each time, which is like given that Niles has a beak and the only way he can smile is by opening his mouth, is actually really appropriate. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's really quite funny. He doesn't, have, like, doesn't really have teeth. It's just like no. it's very, <laughs> very funny. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, introduces you to Professor Griswold, who is very crazy in Europe, quite eccentric, um, and, and takes you on a bit of a tour and then, yeah, tells you to come back in a couple of days, have a, have a business card ready to give Miro, not not in front of everyone else, just after after the event when you've had a bit of a chance to, to figure everything out, walk up and hand her a business card and that will, like, as oh. it was like, ah, that'll, that'll, that'll make her very happy. You watch Niles her face. Spend... She's, it's good to see her smile. She's got lots of teeth, Niles... you see. Nile spends... The, those days just crafting the perfect business card to the point where it isn't like a rectangular piece of paper it is actually a feather that's been cut, oh. die cut oh, nice. embossed with silver filigree 
He used all of his money on this. <laughs> oh no! I really love Cur- that. Curse, cursive Niles, like written, like in through the the, the featherwork. Um, um, yeah. If you he, don't he have proficiency in sleight of hand, you do now. I also <laughs> think I also think he should have proficiency in intimidation with his eyes. With his eyes. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Definitely, that's insight. something. That's a, that's a perception. That's if he like doesn't another... have, if you if you have proficiency in perception, you're doing something wrong nah, as well. I, I, got, <laughs> I, I got proficiency in perception. Don't worry. Now, <laughs> what we're gonna do is, well, really quickly. Um, did you guys? Oh, we've gone a little bit over. That's okay. Oh, did you guys? I, have I do want to. Yep. I just wanted to let everyone know. On ChatGBT, I've already created a short, corny romance novel set in Dungeons and Dragons. It's called it's called the Half Elf and the Dragonborn, and here's a little excerpt. Keth was unlike any man Eldrider had ever met. He was tall and muscular with scales instead of skin and a fierce look in his eyes. But there was something in those eyes that made her heart flutter. The Half Elf and the Dragonborn. That's there's more paragraphs to that, so really hot in here. Is that your is that your fire dragon heritage? So I will let you know, and I'm going to chat. I'll chat GPT some short stories. Oh, amazing! (laughs) And you can read them. I'll make a PG though. No, we won't. What do you mean? (laughs) No. Um, So yeah, sorry. Sorry to cut you no, off. No, 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 all good. I was going to say, what that. we're going to quickly do, we'll quickly get your background sorted. It kind of sounds like most of you had an idea for your backgrounds anyway. Um, during your backstories, there's a couple of things, if you can take proficiency, and I think it would work really well with your characters. Uh, for Niles, definitely perception, and I think sleight of hand is appropriate as well. This yeah. this um, business card you work on, you put a lot of effort into, and it is brilliant. Um, for Lyra, do you have proficiency in nature? Uh, no, because it's a negative one. Because <laughs> it's a negative one. That's very oh, fair. Wow. What about survival? Uh, survival. Yeah, I've got, yeah, that'd be good. Uh, Survival's a really good one for Lyra. That makes a lot of sense. Um, Tetra, I'm thinking what sort of came up in your story, um, in your backstory? What sort of proficiencies would make a lot of sense for you to try and go for or background would make sense for you? Um, Outlander kind of makes sense for you a little bit. No, not really. No, not really. Did you have a background in mind, Michael? Backgrounds. Um, oh, do I have background? Oh, wait, wait, where is it? Description. Uh, yeah. So I, have, um, I did Wild Spacer. Oh, can you tell me about Wild Spacer? That's a new one. That's come from. Um, yeah. Uh, what's it called? Space Spelljammer, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I did. I did. So um, I gained the tough feet. And in addition, nice. I learned Ooh. how to. Adapt to zero gravity and being weightless doesn't give me disadvantage on my mind. Oh, well, that just makes perfect sense for your backgrounds. Yep, absolutely. Damn. That's awesome. Nope, that's perfect. That makes my background look like shit. What was your background? My background's no, no, amazing. I want, I want the tough feet. I want a feet. Damn it. Feet. Feet. Feel free, feel free to have a look over the backgrounds on D&D Beyond Damn. over the next couple of days. If you want to change your background, please feel free to. Let me know what it is and at the beginning of the next session, we'll go through your new background. If you want to also craft a custom background, let me know, and I'm happy to do that too. That's easy for me to create custom backgrounds. Hmm. I, had, I had the idea for Far Traveler. Yes. Um, just because your accent, mannerism, figure of speech, and even your appearance mark you as foreign. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Which makes sense. But if you wanted to do a custom background for 
the dwarven forged. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe one called Out of Time. Ooh, Ooh that sounds cool. I feel like that's relevant for a lot of our character backgrounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> out of yeah. out of time where you you you're from a distant place or a distant time and your manner of speech and, and manner of dress is, is relegated to that period lost in history. Something about you seems familiar to people, but they can't quite put their fingers on it. And I'll think of how that could be fitted in with some features. So definitely proficiency in history would come with that. Because it wouldn't be history for you. It'd be like <laughs> just yeah. knowledge. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'll have a think. Maybe actually, do you know what? Do you know what else? Actually, keen mind might be the feat that comes with that. If you wanted to do it like that. Oh, nice one. Which is the one we have a photographic memory. Yeah. It wouldn't suit. Oh, because no. that's not there. No, that's, that's a good point. That's a cool background. Like we'll have a think. We'll have a think. Yeah. I'll come up with some stuff for you, and we'll, we'll okay. have a bit of a play. So over the next week, we'll come up with some things. Awesome. Okay. Well, there's only one thing left that we need to do tonight. And that's for you to do your character introductions for the beginning of each session. So the way we're going to do it, um, I can I can go first if you want it. So I will do mine really quickly. Hey there, my name's Owen. I'm the dungeon master of our Return of the Giants campaign. Done. So just say your name, your character's name, and their I race will, and class. I just will pipe in, Owen. You didn't yep. actually do a little breakdown of my backstory. Oh shit, we didn't. Sorry, we should do yours now. Ah, oh, that's that's fine. sorry, mate. Because I thought you'd because you. I think you already said you had one. Yeah. I, oh, pretty much. I think, did you want to I, change I think it? I still... No, no. I think it's going to... I think I will go with the celebrity adventurers sign yeah. thing. But um, did, was there any school provisions <clears throat> that like I showed, though, through throughout? I think um, probably... I wish I could give you, like... Um, oh. If you haven't taken investigation, I think mm. you should. Yeah. If you haven't taken... Investigation makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm thinking as well... Um, what's the one I'm thinking of? Um, archaeologist. Yeah, um, the archaeologist feet. An archaeologist background. No, there is. Yeah, archaeologist background is a feet. Yeah, there yeah. is an archaeologist background. It's actually quite good as well. Oh, that's from right. I'm, I'm thinking a tool proficiency kind of might make sense for you as well. Hmm. Jared, I'm also because there is something that I've introduced called artificers supplies, rather than alchemist supplies. So those who create. Um, items to do with Magitech using artificial oh. supplies. That might be something okay, that you cool. as an astral elf would have. That's cool, buddy. We'll have a bit of a chat over the next couple of days and I might be giving you a custom background too. Cool. Well, that sounds good. I'm I thinking I might, I was thinking, I wasn't sure what I was going to make Niles, but having had the experience that I've had tonight, I'm thinking probably maybe like courtier could be good. Nice. Yeah. That could be, See, I think that would fit nicely with having, that. Having a narrative session zero to help create mm. the character actually really gives you an idea of like the character's background and it kind of fits the background to the way that the character just naturally kind of comes out as you play. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. It's, it's a yeah. really organic way of running a session zero, doing it as a narrative <laughs> experience. I'm a big fan of it. Yeah. Um, amazing. Okay, fantastic. All right. So, yeah, so we're doing character, character introductions. So, yeah, so say your name, your character's name. So, for example, it'd be like, hi, my name's Jared. I'm playing uh, Crassus. He is a astral elf fighter, or astral elf wizard, I should say. But, Perfect. Uh, and then um, what okay. we'll do is, as we get more of the story, we'll add to the um, we'll add to the introductions a little bit. So we'll, after you guys get to level three, we'll then specialize them a bit. And like, I'm an astral elf wizard who specializes in something like that, and then it can yep. kind of be a way of like expanding the backgrounds and the and the stories. So, I mean, Jared, you can go first if you like. Uh, I'll go first. 
Um, hey guys, um, I'm Jared. I'm playing the character of Crassus uh, Antares, a astral elf wizard. Brilliant. Do you want to go next, Michael? Sure. Hi, everybody. I am Michael. I'm playing Tetra Aeonite, a Circle of Stars Druid. And Claire. Hi, my name's Claire. I am playing Navis, or Now, who is a Dwarven Forged Fighter. Brilliant. Ali. Uh, hi, I'm Ali, and I'm playing Lyra, the Eldarin Druid. Really? They sound really good. Is that everyone? That's everyone. No, I've played myself. Matt! Oh, I'm so sorry! <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, hi, I'm Matt. Um, I'm playing Niall Silverwind, the uh, Monk Owlin. Brilliant. I was just thinking, I had an idea, like, halfway through for, like, how I could, like, edit these down and make it even more amazing for the display about, like, because... Cause previously what I've been doing is having like the character out there, the logo on the side, and then like you guys in the middle and it kind of walks through. And I just had this idea for how to do it like animated. And that distracted me so fully from that moment. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> it's like seeing how this could go together. <clears throat> yeah. Awesome. Brilliant. Okay. That's everything we needed to get through tonight. So with Ooh. session one, so that for those of you who want to watch the session zero, I'm, I think the session zero is a great way to get to understand the characters' backstories, but we do kind of run it so that session one, you can start there and not have to have gone to the session zero, which kind of jumps in and out of um, roleplay a little bit. So yeah, I'll do a bit of a recap session one, giving an idea of your backstories, and then we're going to jump straight into the campaign from that moment that Mira met all of you. So that is going to be very, very exciting. Well, that is it from us tonight. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for Return of the Giants. We are very excited to start playing this campaign. Um, there's going to be a lot of fun things coming. But that's it from us now. So until we see you next time, stay safe, stay well, have a lovely, lovely week, and we'll see you again super soon. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Guys. Thank you.